Hey, this is John Anik with the UFC. You are listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. MMA Wreckage Radio. How's everyone doing today? We had three great guests for you, but unfortunately, we lost the audio for the Jillian Robertson interview. So we're not going to have that for you guys this week. Sorry, we'll try to get her on again soon because of the unfortunate situation. But we still have two other great guests. We have Landon Cunones, who is flying over to the Dominican Republic as we speak to go take on one of their fighters over there for Titan FC. Pretty much Titan FC has went over to the Dominican Republic to take on a swarm of the Dominican fighters. And that's going to be this Saturday night on the UFC Fight Pass. Great network. Also, a fighter who was just on the UFC Fight Pass, Jaron Gooded, had a huge win over Martel Shorts Smarts. Sorry. Stamps. I can't think of the dude's name. I don't know why. But... He had a huge guillotine over stamps on the fight pass. Uh, all around great performance by Jared. We talked about him and his willingness to engage with such a taller athlete, even though he had just got knocked out by a taller athlete previous in his previous fight. Talked about getting over that fear and really just honing in his craft at the welterweight division. Super excited to have those two on. Sorry about the Jillian interview, like we said. I got Wally Wall, like always. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you, bro? I'm doing good, doing good. This weekend, we watched uh, UFC Fight Night, Joanna versus Watterson. It was a great f- night of fights. Huge, huge, huge upsets left and right. Uh, I thought there was some great fights. A guy stepped in last minute took out a guy who was preparing for a completely different fighter, but, I mean, just completely one-sided victory. Uh, Michelle Watterson, unfortunately, was not ready for that step of a competition. But also, I mean, this week, UFC on ESPN 6, there's some great matchups. What they are dubbing the rematch of the year. Just kidding, I just dubbed that. Jeremy Stevenson is taking on Yair Rodriguez. Super excited for that one. Jillian Robertson is taking on Macy Barber. ESPN just came out with the list of the top 25 MMA fighters under 25. Macy Barber was 6. Jillian Robertson is 12. So, I mean, you just think about the matchup that those two are going to go have. Manny Bermudez versus Charles Rosa. We just had Manny Bermudez on a couple weeks ago. Always in his corner. Kevin Holland's on this. Greg Hardy's taking on Ben Sassoli. Super excited for that one. Joe Loison, I mean, who everyone loves Joe Loison. Daniel Spitz versus Daniel Bozer. I'm super excited for this card. And then I haven't even talked about the main event, the Dominator, man, coming back to dominate. Chris Weidman, welcome him to that 205-pound division. Yeah, it's a great card. I don't agree with you about the Greg Hardy parts. I'm not very excited about Greg Hardy fighting anyone, unless it's the Black Beast. But yeah, it's a great card. Dominic Reyes against Whiteman should be a great fight. 
Uh, I think that uh, Jeremy Stevens against Yair Rodriguez will be completely different from the first fight because it wasn't even a fight. Like this one, I think that they are going to brawl and uh, Yair should be like uh, very careful, you know, because you don't want to brawl against uh, Jeremy Stevens. And you don't want to be emotional with somebody like that, but we'll definitely get yeah. into that a lot later. Because I have a lot to say about that, and I don't want to get into it right now because I know I'll just start rambling. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was already thinking about that same thing. Like, you've you seen the whole hotel situation, and you've seen just the, like, the emotion behind it all. Now there's a huge hype, and the, it's, it's been like this unfinished business over the past couple of months. And then Yair feels like he screwed him out of an opportunity to fight in front of his home country. And then, like, all kinds of factors just play into it. Uh, it it's a crazy situation. I can't wait to finally go to combustion uh, on Friday night, tomorrow night. But yeah. uh, also, man, PFL tonight, PFL playoffs, featherweight and lightweight tournament. Super excited for that. We had a great time at last week's PFLs for the women's lightweights and the men's welterweight. David Mashad looked amazing for the men's welterweight advancing. Uh, Ray Cooper the third also with a huge knockout of Chris Curtis, who retired and then unretired to come back out and fight. Um, huge, huge win for Kayla Harrison. She is going to be taking on... Oh, shit, let me get this note because I cannot say this chick's name. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Larissa Ponchenko. Ponchenko. She's fought in the UFC before, I know that. Uh, I really feel like she's found herself more of a home, though, at 55 slash 45. Uh, PFL talked about possibly having uh, the finals in Vegas next year. So I asked Ray Sefo about that, obviously, because I'm, I'm interested in seeing some finals matchups, brother. Yeah, and uh, you prefer to be in Vegas, you know, <laughs> because it's near you. Yes. How do you feel about the PFL format? The two fights... Then you go into a tournament, two fights in one night, and then you go to the championship million-dollar night in Madison Square Garden in New York. Listen, if you are going to talk, you know, about health issues, and, you know, you shouldn't even be fighting uh, MMA, you know. Yeah, no, like, for sure. Yeah, but also, okay. they, they make it safe because they're, they're fighting no more than a main event fight. They're only fighting two rounds and then three rounds. Yeah. The normal and any main event is five rounds. Yeah, and the, uh, just like a question, like when f fighters uh, do, you know, do sparrings, like do you think that they spar like only five rounds a day? No, they probably honestly do about one, one and a half, just so, you know, USADA knows that they're being careful and shit. No, but <laughs> that, no. No, no way in hell. They go no hard way. all day, 20 yeah. rounds sometimes. I've tired guys go. Yeah, so it's not very different, you know, because uh, some... I've heard of guys going five rounds here at this gym, going to another gym, going five rounds here at this gym, yeah. going home, eating dinner, relaxing, and then coming home for a night session and going for another five rounds, you know what I mean? So it happens all the time. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I, I'm not sure if it's uh, good or bad because... I know that if a fighter is sick or, you know, he will not compete for the second fight even if he win. Well, there was a situation like that. Which so, one? Chris uh, Curtis? No, so Chris Curtis had... So Chris Curtis retired. 
Chris yeah. Curtis lost to Magomed Magomed Karimov in the very first round. Um, Magomed, from what I heard at the stadium, now this is not official word yet. Nothing has came out. From what I heard, is Magomed sustained a concussion. Okay. He, and he was throwing up in the back. Now that is not an official confirmation. Do not quote me on that. From what I heard from other people in media row, that it was a concussion. So, from that point, Chris Curtis jumped back into the tournament. And he fought Ray Cooper the third, And he got knocked out by Ray Cooper the third. Okay. And after the Magomed and Chris Curtis fight, Chris Curtis retired. Like, he went on Twitter and said, I'm done. He put his gloves down, all that good shit. Yeah. And then he unretired and came back out there and lost to Ray Cooper. Uh, so honestly, that, yeah, honestly so that, the, the most impressive performance I thought was David Mashad for sure, hands down. He looked, he was in two wars, yeah, and he looked amazing in both of them. But you told me that there's an example of someone who got sick or something like that and didn't fight the second or something like that. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, Magomed. Yeah, okay, oh, okay, so it's a Magomed, okay, but uh, you know, it's uh. Okay, like I don't disagree with the format. I think that it's uh, normal if PFL is trying to bring something oh, okay. uh, it, 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 different it, within that situation. Also, if, yeah. Say Chris Curtis was to continue to advance in Magomed's spot, and say hypothetically that he was to win the million dollars, he would have to then split the million dollars with Magomed because it's Magomed's spot. Oh, half. I'm not sure how the split goes, but I did overhear a PFL employee talking to another person on media, bro, about what would happen. I'd be listening Uh, to shit. I don't know. I don't know about that, but, you know, they need to figure out something, you know, so um, it would be good for both fighters, I would say, but... uh, you know, the format is good, it's not bad, it's uh, it's different from the UFC, for, from Bellator, from one championship. Yeah, no, it's I, different. I like it, I, I honestly, I really enjoy it, I think it's something fresh and something new, and I think it's something that really you could attract some of the younger fighters to. Yeah, do you think that one championship have the best belts right now? I don't know, bro, I, I honestly... No, just talking about the design of the belts because the UFC kinda, doesn't have the. Best I kind of like right the now. PFLs. Okay, but the one championship is big. The one, yeah, that's that's the one thing I kind of don't like about it. Is it maybe it's too like big? It's a little too big. Yeah, it's, it was. Yeah, fuck, it, bro. Like DJ, the, DJ's yeah. got like a fucking baby on his shoulder. <laughs> it looked too big for DJ for DJ. Yeah. So and it's then, kind of and then the girls, the girls are going to get the same size belt? Yeah. No, I, I don't know about that, but uh, I'm not sure because think I don't about, think... Think about 105-pound Angela Lee or 115-pound Angela Lee grabbing so that fucking... <laughs> you know what like, I'm saying? I, I, I just think it's too big, but, you know, the design is perfect, I think, but, you know, but it's kind of too big, a little bit. It's, it's for sure too big. 
but it's pretty. It's nice. I like the gunmetal. Yeah. What do you think about oh, so California just passed the law where if you get with it within a certain amount of weight regained between weigh-ins and fight night, they're going to cancel the fight. Oh, that's interesting. And remember, when I was at Bellator, you and I talked about a situation where the Athletic Commission was talking about, well, we're just going to cancel fights then. I think yeah. it was I think it was a situation similar to that, where he Hugo started, because Hugo was big on fight night. If I remember, yeah. Hugo bulked back up like 25 pounds. And Leandro Hugo... Uh, and his coach, I'm sorry, his coach is mistaking my name. You know his name. The who? Henry Cejudo's coach. Oh, um, of white fucking white glasses? Yes. Oh, I forgot his name, but yeah. Uh, but you guys, Henry Cejudo's coach. Him and he, uh, Leandro Hugo. I'm pretty sure there Eric, was some other uh, Eric Alba. Yes. Alba, yeah. Albar. Uh, Albar. Well, anyway, yeah. Yes, they were all over there, and the athletic commission was upset with the way Hugo had already started rehydrating right away. And um, I overheard uh, bits and pieces of the conversation as much as I could before Bellator PR kind of rushed them out of the room, like, hey, medias, pay attention to you guys. Like, MMA fighting turned their fucking camera on them. <laughs> But like I was the first person to like start noticing and like, hey, they're they're having a like heated conversation over there, and you could see that Hugo was getting visibly upset. But what they I guess they were saying was, he's supposed to get his vitals checked right afterwards, and they didn't do that because they needed to go get Hugo, you know, fucking yeah, uh, replenished a little bit because he drained himself so much to make that limit. In my opinion. And uh, they had to go and replenish him. I mean, even AJ McKee, he had to get uh, an IV, I believe. I'm not entirely too sure, but I believe it was an IV. And uh, that was right after he weighed in at 145 pounds at Bellator 228. So the athletic commission's really stepping up to do something about this situation. And I feel like it's something that really needs to be done because... They really need to look at the health of the fighters long-term. And weight cutting is fucking dangerous. Kayla Harrison said the same thing. I asked her about it. I said, would you be open to cutting to 45 if Bellet or if PFL said, you know, they're going to do a 45 division next year instead of a 55? She said, yes, I would do it. But it sets such a bad example to boys and girls across the world that we have to cut weight. And I have to agree with her. Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, like because it would be tough to control it, you know. Like they, it's hard enough to well, control I mean, the facts. Of, bro, you know, realistically, when we're talking about kids, you can't tell me how much I'm making my son cut weight. Yeah, you don't know what's going on in my house. Yeah, there's no regulation over it. There's no like real testing. I could be having this full cut weight every fucking time he wrestles, or every time he's in a jiu-jitsu competition. But can you control like uh, exactly the weights that you know? Hypothetically uh, speaking, this is all hypothetical. I would never, ever, ever make my kid cut weight for a competition. I'm just throwing. No, but out like you know, when uh, a guy like Habib, you know, he cuts weight. You know, the the, the the next day, you know, Habib look big, really big. Like yes. Habib fights. You know, he's a welterweight. 
fighting at lightweights, maybe even bigger than welterweights, you know, when it comes to fight nights, but everybody's bigger. So where's the problem, like? I don't know. It, it all just depends. Like, even we talked with Jared, and he was like, you know, when I go to 85, those guys are just too big. You can't have fighters fight at the exact same same weight. It's 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 impossible. It's I impossible. Say. I mean, they even say they're still weight cutting in one. It's just not. It's all like backdoor weight cutting shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, at one championship, I think they uh, they see the water. Uh, well, I don't I don't know exactly what they do, but uh, there's something about uh, hydration and stuff like that. And that's why people are saying that World Championship is, uh, like Joe Rogan said it on his podcast, that World Championship is doing uh, doing it the best. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that... I think making more weight class, maybe it's the solution. Like, or, I don't know, not having exactly a, a weight class. Like, the, the weight class should be, like, from to... You know, not just one weight, maybe. Maybe that's the solution. But other than that, you, you will never have the ability to control uh, the, the weight of a fighter because you, they will find a way. They will find a way to have more weight, to bounce more. To You can't. You can't. You can't control that. It all just depends, you know what I mean? It, it really, there is no control. But you just got to make a conscious effort to try to do what's best for the sport, I think. I, I think it's not about, because let's say that, you know, you fight at 145 and you bounce back to 150, let's say. What's not healthy about that? The, the unhealthy part is making the weight, but bouncing back to, the, to your original weights, I'm not sure that's, that's unhealthy. No, but for sure, cutting the weight is extremely yeah. unhealthy. But it's part of the sport, you know? And that's what they're trying to avoid. It just control it better. You can't take that from the sport. People would... It's the first thing that people are trying to do, like gaining an advantage when it comes to the body weight. You can't take that. It's impossible. No, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure, 100%. But uh, we'll uh, have to continue that conversation for another day, Mr. Wally Wall. Yeah. As of right now, we are going to cut into an interview. Um, no, I lied. Me and Wally Wall are going to recap UFC Fight Night, Joanna versus Watterson. So after a quick station identification, me and Wally Wall will be right back. We're going to drop a recap for you, and then I'm going to throw it to Jared Gooden interview, and then we're going to do UFC on ESPN 6 preview, and then we're going to jump into that Landon Quinones interview because he is fighting this Saturday night live on UFC Fight Pass for Titan FC. Cannot wait to talk to those two gentlemen. Like I said, unfortunately, Jillian, uh, we had the interview, but we lost the audio. So we'll get her back on soon, guys. But uh, until then, this is MMA Wreckage Radio, at least until we change this goddamn name. And uh, thanks for listening. My name is Jillian Robertson, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio.
right, back again with Wally Wall, and we are going to be recapping this weekend's fight live from Tampa, Florida, UFC Fight Night. Joanna Jonjanchich versus Michelle Watterson. That is UFC on ESPN Plus 19. UFC Fight Night 161. It was from the Amley Arena. Tampa, Florida was the place. The attendance was 10,597,000. The total gate was 897,805. So, whew, a lot of money. Yeah. Like I said, the top fight, women's strawweight queen, Joanna Jonjanchich, proves that she is back on her throne, defeating Michelle Watterson by unanimous decision. We will get into that fight a little later because we are going to start at the bottom of the card like always, like Ben loves to do. And we are going to talk about the women's flyweight division. J.J. Aldrich defeated Lauren Mueller by unanimous decision. 30-27, It was pretty much a one-sided victory for JJ. I really thought going into this fight that we were going to see a lot more out of Laura Mueller, and it just never showed up. Yeah, it never showed up. And, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, it was a one-sided victory. Uh, JJ looked good. So she dominated that fight, and, you know, it was a good victory for her. No, for sure. In the men's middleweight division, Marvin Vittori, your man, defeated Andrew Sanchez by unanimous decision. 30-27s all the way around. It was a beautiful performance by Marvin Vittori. He really proved that this middleweight division, he could be climbing the ladder sooner rather than later. He is the only man to go and look semi-decent against current middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when I watched that fight, I thought that uh, he deserved the win. The win. I really thought that. Maybe because you, you're going to say that I'm uh, an Adesanya hater, but it's not about that. Maybe it's bec- more of a, because I'm a I'm Vittori fan. But, you know, Vittori have so much fights right in the UFC. Like, he fights, uh, you know, he tried to fight uh, every time he had the opportunity to. And uh, he's only two losses were against uh, Adesanya and uh, Carlos Jr., uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. So... You know, he's fighting some good guys. Yeah, he's fighting some good guys, and, you know, he's getting the wins, and, uh, yeah, he's building something up, I think. I think maybe in a couple, maybe a year or two, like, he may be on the top of the ranking, like, maybe on top seven, top six, maybe. We'll see. No, for sure. Another man who looked very good, Miguel Baez in the welterweight division, defeated Hector Aldana by TKO, leg kicks and elbows. That was two minutes and 37 seconds into the second round. Miguel looked amazing. He just walked Hector down, and you could tell, like, it seemed like Hector was hesitant to really try to go. I don't know if it was because of the complete, like, volume that Miguel was throwing at him because he was throwing a lot of shit at him. But uh, I just don't know if, like, Hector just, I don't know what he was waiting for. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was a good performance by Miguel. He won that fight clearly because he got a TKO win. But, uh, yeah, I think the volume was the key in this fight, I would say. I think Miguel's volume was good. 
All right, this one kind of broke my heart. I'm not going to lie. Andre Uwell loses by TKO elbows yeah. and punches by Marlon Chito Vera. But, I mean, Marlon Chito Vera is a gamer, and he showed it. I mean, both of them put on a hell of a performance. If the co-main event wasn't so good, this could have easily been fight of the night. Oh, yeah, easily. But, uh, you know, we had two crazy fights. I would say three, three maybe crazy fights. And, uh, yeah. It was a good, great performance by him, and you know, Andre. It got Marlon Vera performance in the night bonus, fifty thousand oh. dollars. Oh, he got one too. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading that too. Yeah. I only remember the one. You know, that that's good for him. Like, uh, of course, we are sorry for our friend Andre Yule, but you know, it is what it is. This is the fight game, you know. This is the fight game, Davison yeah. Figueredo. Put a stamp on his claim to be one of the next challengers for the flyweight title, submitting Tim Elliott by guillotine choke three minutes and eight seconds into the fight. I've been saying this forever. Davison Figueredo is a beast. Yeah. The only problem was that one loss that he had to his brother, Formiga. Yeah. And outside of that, he's looked unstoppable. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure if it was him or Formiga who fought this fight because it's the same person, I feel. But yeah. Uh, I said on the last episode that uh, like uh, Tim Elliott was going to do something. I was clearly wrong. Uh, he's very uh, Davison is very dangerous, and you know that guillotine was tight, and you know he got the W. Good for him. Alex Morano defeated Max Griffin in the welterweight division by unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-27, 29-28. Uh, the, at the end of the second round, I believe it was, Alex hit Max with a huge leg kick, followed it up with some vicious shots. I honestly thought he was going to put Max out for a second. Max stood tough, but uh, what a hell of a fight. Alex Moreno was game fighter, and he took it to Max Griffin. Honestly, I, I feel like Max Griffin thought that he had this one in the bag before he ever stepped in the cage, and uh, Alex Moreno had other plans. Yeah, Max Griffin, like, he survived that uh, that huge leg kick, like you said, but, you know, uh, he fought well, I would say it was, it wasn't like a one-sided win, it was kind of, you know, yeah, of course, Alex Morano, like, won, but it wasn't that clear, you know, Max Griffin did some stuff, he, he fought, he fought well, but... Uh, like you said, maybe Max Griffin thought that uh, it was it's go it was going to be an easy night, and it wasn't for him. No, for sure. Uh, Mike Davis stepped oh. in there last minute and took on Todd Gifford. He beat him KO punch four minutes and forty five seconds into the third round. Do you think that that fight should have seen a third round, or do you think that either a the ref should have called it at the end of the second or the corner should have thrown in the towel. Oh, I don't know about that, but you know, he he got that KO win, so you think that maybe he the fight needed to end like in the between the third and the and between the second and third? Yeah, I think Thomas Gifford took enough damage at the end of the second oh, round oh. to go ahead and give the KO or TKO to Mike Davis at that point in time. I didn't think it was necessary for him to walk out there for five seconds and get KO'd flat. I think it's a, it's a decision that uh, his corner uh, 
think about, you know, the, his corner know, knows him better than us, so maybe no, they know 100%. that. He, yeah, maybe they know that uh, he still can fight, but, you know, it was a huge KO, and I'm not sure, like, uh, it's good for him. Like, uh, losing by knockout is uh, never good for you, for your health, for, for, every, for anything, but. Uh, it was a great fight. I, I really enjoyed the fight. Like, let's talk about the the fight uh, for itself. Like, it was a good fight. Mike Davis came uh, with the big KO win, and uh, he stepped he up like gets a... his first win in the UFC, man. Yeah, and it was on win. short notice, and that's his yeah. second short notice fight because he stepped in short notice to fight uh, Gilbert Burns, also. Yeah, so yeah, good for him. Go good for him and uh, huge KO. Maybe he deserved the a performance of the night too, I think. No, definitely. He looked beautiful in that lightweight division. I really feel like we could see someone coming on the rise here soon in Mike Davis. In the yeah. light heavyweight division, Ryan Spann defeated Ryan Devin Clark by a guillotine choke submission two minutes and one second into the second round. Uh Ryan Spann looked amazing, man. Oh yeah, that guillotine choke too was tight, and uh, you know he made it. You know, in the second round, not too early, not too, you know, good, perfect game plan, I would say, and uh, he got the W. No, for sure, and that was the main event for the prelim portion of the card. On the main event, or onto the main card, the middleweight division had Eric Anders defeating Gerald Mershep by a split decision. 28 29 29 28 29 28 it was a hard fought back and forth uh, performance uh these uh, these next two fights really this one and the matt frivola luis pena one both of those could have gone either way they were both very very close uh luis pena actually came out and said after the fight that he feels like if it was not in matt frivola's hometown that he would have won the fight anywhere else Eric Anders um, came out. He said that he was happy with the W, but he felt like he could have done more in his performance. Yeah. But, Do you think that uh, maybe it was a draw? Do you think that? Out of the two of them, I could have seen Pervola and Pena go to a draw. I do think Eric Anders won, though. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that... Uh... Rays are close, though. Ray was raised or close, but mm. I do think that he did enough. Yeah, it was um, a tough uh, fight, you know, to judge, I would say, because, uh, but at the end of the day, I think that the winner got the W, so there's no drama, I think. Well, you know okay. what? <laughs> it's funny because usually the drama is all about what the guys are doing, and the women have no drama whatsoever. And that's yeah. exactly how it is right here in the women's strawweight division. Amanda Rebus pretty much let the judge offs easy because she just went in there and put a one-sided performance on Mackenzie Dern. 30-27 on all of the judges' scorecards. Completely one-sided. Amanda Rebus really showed and staked her claim and proved that she's here in this women's strawweight division and she's here to stay. Yeah, it was a great performance by her. But I need to ask you something. Do you think that Mackenzie during this fight, do you think she took it too early after, uh, you know, giving birth to a baby? I think she might have learned more from losing this fight than she would have done by winning this fight. I think losing this fight is exactly what she needed. And yeah. I think we're going to see a better Mackenzie during after this. 
And, you know, Mackenzie Dern, we saw her struggle in fights when she couldn't get that uh, takedown. But do you think that this is a, becoming a big issue for her? It all just depends on where she goes forward from here. We'll see out of her next performance if she is taking this serious or not, if she really wants to be an ultimate fighter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. There was no real single-leg attempts. There was no trying to get this fight to the ground to see what she could do against Rebus. It yeah. was like she would just wanted to stand and bang. Because I remember that uh, in her, uh, on her first fight in the UFC against Ashley Yoder, like she won by split decision and she got that takedown late on the third round, if I'm correct. Yes. And you know, if you remember the first and the second round, like she struggled a lot. No, for sure. And people said that maybe, you know, just because it was her first fight in the UFC, you know, the stress and stuff like that. Okay, after this fight, she won clearly against Amanda Cooper, even though she missed weight, if I remember it correctly. Yes. So, in this one, she lost by clearly unanimous decision, and uh, I'm not sure of what to think about her. Yes, her jiu-jitsu le level is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's a high-level jiu-jitsu fighter, but... Is she a good MMA fighter? That's another question. That's a completely different question. And uh, we really, we're going to continue to find out the answer to that question as she develops more and more. Yeah. Uh, one person that doesn't need to develop no more, Nico Price, man. That dude just is so creative with what he does. Another huge KO this time. James Vick is the victim. And uh, he got a huge KO by upkick, man. I really felt like it broke James Vick's jaw. He didn't break his jaw, but... He definitely knocked him out. Yeah, he thanked his, uh, I, I believe it's called a mouth guard. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, he, th he thanked that because he, because he said to the doctor that he thinked that he didn't lose any teeth because of his mouth guard. So, you know, <laughs> shout out to whoever made him uh, made this for him because that kick was nasty. Yeah, was really for nasty. sure. Yeah. It was thrown with vicious intent with the heel right to James Vick's chin. I mean, it put him right out. And yeah. then he still got hit with about three or four more. Yeah, and this is the third uh, nasty KO. In a row. Yeah, no, not in a row because he, he he lost to Paul. Yeah, it's his fourth lo loss uh, on a row, but uh, he lost to Paul Felder between the Dan Hooker and the, the Justin Gagey one. But oh, those are... Yeah, but still yeah, all but nasty knockouts. Nasty, out cold. Like, it's not healthy for him and... Uh, I'm not sure if moving a weight and class. This time he was out. Point. He was out even longer. Yeah, he yeah even longer. So I'm kind of uh, afraid for him. I would say because th this doesn't look good, and the welterweight division have a lot of killers. So I'm not sure if if it's a good choice for him to move up a weight class. Yeah, no, it, it's a definitely a, an interesting situation to say the least. One fight that was amazing, though. Cub Swanson defeats Crone Gracie by unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board. That was fight of the night. They both won $50,000. I'm going to eat my words. Crone Gracie was not ready for Cub Swanson. There you go, Waleed. I said it. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Crone Gracie, I still think it has a bright future in the UFC. He looked great. Uh, he needs to get a fucking takedown, though. Same thing with Mackenzie Dern. Like, God damn, you guys have these great jiu-jitsu pedigree, but where's the takedowns? Oh, for sure. You know, uh, this 
this loss, like it's not a, a no, huge not, loss for Tom Brady. Should be talking shit, okay? I, I, I've never stepped in a cage. I've yeah. had no martial arts experience. But fuck me, okay? Can we get a takedown? <laughs> uh, listen, uh, pure jiu-jitsu fighters always struggle to get takedown because uh, they, their training starts in the ground. It's not like the wrestlers. The wrestlers, the, the training starts with both guys standing up and they work the takedown. They work the single leg, they work the double leg, they work everything. And the jiu-jitsu jiu guys like often only use a single leg to take people uh, people down and uh, he needs to work more about uh, he needs to more work more on his takedowns but people said that maybe Kron Gracie will have an easy way up like like Brian Ortega but yeah Brian Ortega jiu-jitsu is maybe his striking is there too though but yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and once Krohn's striking gets it better i feel like with Brian, Brian's able able to get you into a battle in his strikes. He's able to knock yeah. you down strikes. And yeah. once he gets you knocked down and you're kind of like already woozy, he's going to latch up something. And once he gets you on the ground and starts latching up stuff, it's kind of hard to get him off of you. Yeah, like Brian Ortega, he, he's the only one who won by knockout against uh, Frankie Edgar. So it's not the same. People thought that maybe it were going to be the same. It's not the same because if Brian Ortega can't take the fight to the ground, except for the fight against uh, Max Holloway, he, he he can you know he can figure out uh, something else. He will strike. He will knock you out. He can do stuff. But Kron Gracie, if he doesn't take the fight to the ground, and you know those light division like the featherweight, the lightweight, you need to be more well-rounded. You can't just be a one sided fighter yeah well, yeah you can't have just only one thing in your arsenal you need to have more and Kron gracie needs to work on his striking and he needs to definitely needs to work on his takedowns no for sure joanna champion though she uh put her stake in the claim as the number one contender for the women's strawweight title Wei Li zhang you better watch out because the boogie woman's coming yeah. for you joanna john james just defeats michelle watterson by unanimous decision 50-45, I don't know who gave that round to Michelle Watterson, but that judge was fucking high. No, uh, I uh, I think it was a uh, clearly a fifty forty five. Like Joanna is the queen of the of the decision wins. Oh, for I sure. would say the yeah. Leg kicks, though, the uh, the yeah. output of leg kicks was ridiculous. Like I I, I hit up a, a buddy of mine and I was like uh, Joanna, I think broke her foot. And this was in between, like, the second and third round. And they're like, how? I was like, well, she's throwing, like, 40,000 fucking kicks. Yeah. Like, just That's the, the problem, amount man. of output that she was leg kicking, leg kicking, leg kicking, high kick, low kick, hit you in the ribs. She was just throwing kick after kick after kick. I mean, damn. Yeah. That's the problem with leg kicks, because you get fucked up, too. Like... Two of the most dangerous fighters with the huge leg kicks are Tyron Woodley and uh, Jose Aldo. And if you see their last performances, like they don't throw at all a lot of leg kicks because I'm sure that they can't because they got hurt. Like I'm sure 100% because that doesn't make sense. Jose Aldo's leg kicks are, uh, are maybe legendary. even yeah, are legendary. Just go out. We've had Alexander Hernandez on this show, and we've had a discussion about his leg kicks. 
Yeah. And Tyron Woodley just uh, go watch his fight against Carlos Condit, if I remember it right, when he <laughs> destroyed his knee. Do you think that there's anyone that can leapfrog Joanna at this point for the number one contender spot? I'm not sure. Let's say if Rose Namayunas wants to come back, do you think that she deserves the, a rematch for the belt? Or she deserved a fight against Jessica Andrade? Like, Yo Joanna, like, with Rose out of the equation, nobody can uh, leapfrog her, I think, because she won against Jessica Andrade. Yeah, no, for sure. I think... Um, and Jessica yeah, lost no, by, by knockout. I, I don't see anyone really being able to leapfrog her at this point. I think Joanna Jonjancic has to be the number one contender for Wei Li Zhang's title, and there's no way around it. Yeah, and uh, I think that for the peoples that were thinking that Joanna were going to crumble like Ronda Rousey did, like, you know, she's a champion. Like, fuck you, fuck you all. Like, to be fair, because she's a true champion. Joanna, she never stopped training. Joanna said that we could do the fight in Poland, too. She's a, she's a straight-up killer. Let's, let's be fair. She always delivers. Even when she lost to Rose... On, yeah, maybe the first one is she lost by K by knockout, but the second one, it was a war. She always fights well, even when she fought against uh, Valentina, who is way bigger than her. She fought well, I would say. Maybe it was she lost clearly, but you know she did her best. She fought better than anyone that's not named Amanda Nunez has looked against her. Yeah, <laughs> and including the, Holly Holm. And the great thing about Joanna is. Uh, because remember when she was champion and she said to Dana White that she wanted to fight against Cyborg? Yes. And, you know, people say, yeah, because she's champion and undefeated and Dana White would throw those, you know, those lines like that. But I really believe her because here she is. She lost the belt and she's fighting back to gaining, to re-be to re the champion, you know. And, like, what do you need more from her? She, she's the best. I really think. Best. I definitely think that she's, like I said, the number one contender for that strawweight title. But we shall see in the future. Uh, like I said, we have a Jared Gooden interview up next for you guys. I don't want to keep them any longer. I'm going to get that rolling here in a second. But any last words on UFC Fight Night, ESPN Plus 18, 19? Uh, I'm... Really, I, I really think that Cron Gracie needs to take some some times out from the fighting, like maybe a six month or even more, it's and nice really focus. Yeah, and really, no, it's not even a break. Like it's really the hard work starts right now. I think that the hard work, if you want, if he really but wants a break to make from it, accepting fights. Yeah, he needs to work on his grappling. Not the, not yeah, not the jujitsu part, or because once it's in the uh, in the on the floor, like you know, <laughs> he can do whatever. Like he doesn't need a coach, but uh, he needs to take down people. He needs to learn how to be a better uh, wrestler. I would say. No, one hundred percent. I can't wait to see Charles. Or sorry, <laughs> I can't say wait to see Ryan Span again. Uh, I feel like he is going to be a real threat in this light heavyweight division soon, and I think his time is coming. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, we're gonna cut it to a quick station identification, and then we'll have uh, Jared Gooden here up for you guys. But uh, as always, you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. 
Hey, this is Manny Bermudez, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. And back with me again is one of my favorite guests of all time. One of the greatest welterweight prospects in the country right now, Jared Night Train Gooden. How you doing today, brother? Hey, man. Another blessed day, bro. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very good. You're coming off a phenomenal victory over Marshall Schultz at Island Fight 60. Walk us through that uh, submission victory for you. Um, it, 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 it all came together uh, when he was clinching with me. I threw a knee straight down into the uh, abdomen. It's one of my favorite knees, one of my specialties. And I just felt him give out. He kind of went slack and gave up his neck, and I jumped on it, man, just tapped him out, man. It was beautiful. I loved it. That killer instinct. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm just – man, I have I do that in training now. That's something that we've uh, put in our training is to always go for the killer instinct. If, we, if like, we're doing like a five-minute round and we're sparring or doing our MMA rounds, if you can get the guy out of there, get the guy out of there. You know what I mean? Like the way the, I, don't to tell, I don't want to tell everybody our, our secrets, but the way we're training, it's just helping. You know what I mean? So when you know you have somebody hurt, jump on it. Take them out. You know what I mean? So why, why be in there longer than I have to, you know? <laughs> you don't get paid by the round. Yeah. So somebody was calling me for something like that and said it was on pause. I apologize. Oh no no, it's all good. It's all good. We're we're, we're rolling. Cool cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you had like I said, you had a beautiful victory. At any moment, did you feel threatened by Marshall Shorts? No, like like I know I don't like I never want to seem like an asshole, and I I hate those guys that try to sound like big like oh no I'll never hurt. But no, I really was never hurt. Um, like, there was times he clipped me. It was funny because I told my corner this in the back. There's times where he'd clip me with an uppercut and like my left eye would just kind of like it. It just <laughs> like it's oh, like, you know, how a camera goes out when like you see like somebody knocks out a camera in like a video game or like in a movie and it just goes those static, yeah. whatever. That's how my eye felt for a second in the fight. Like, he hit me in the uppercut. And I was like, and it was just out. And I was like, all right, I got my right eye. I'm just just going with the fight. You know what I mean? Going with the going with the flow, man. But it would come back and it, it was just weird because like my. Uh, that perception and everything would be all fucked up for a good second, but man, like that's why I love the sport, man. I love that kind of that that kind of action, that kind of what's what's the word? Uh, spontaneous. Ooh, spontaneous. Like whatever, like whatever happens, happens. Combustion. There you go, something like that. You know what I mean? Just the, like it's anything can happen at any moment in the fight, and I love that, and that's what happened, and I love that I can that I did go with the flow with it and still was able to pick up the victory. You know, when shit happens like that to fight it's other fighters, people crack. You know what I mean? People give up. They look for a way out. No, I embrace that shit, man. I pushed through the fire, bro. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you really showed that you weren't afraid to strike with him, him being the longer man. You got inside his reach and were able to land some pretty devastating punches. <laughs> Thank you, Brody. Yeah, man, just... I I, I needed that, that. You know what I mean? Because, um... How to explain this? Like, I didn't go looking for that fight. That off fight was offered for me to to fight stamps, but I felt like it was. I felt like that was the fight for me, and I'm glad I got it because um, I needed to get over my loss to Bruno. You know what I mean? Like, the, like the loss I was coming off of Bruno was six four. He had hella reach on me, bro, and and that's what he used to beat me. You know, his reaching he really messed, messed me up. The worst, my worst loss ever. And um, I'm glad. Like I said, they, I had a t I had moments of of mind fuck. In the fight with Marcel, because he did have reach and he'd clip me and shit like that every here and there. But um, yeah, man, I'm glad I was able to overcome that and 
He likes to get the W. No, for sure, brother. Uh, you called your next shot already. You asked the man. He have already accepted the fight. Uh, let the fans in on what you would like to do next. I appreciate you, Brody. Um, man, in my mind, what a, what a better way to end the year than to fight the guy that I was supposed to start off the year with. You know, the, to begin, the beginning of the year, I was, I, I was supposed to fight for LFA and fight Kyle Stewart. But um, the week of the fight, he had he got his UFC call, and he's been in the he's been been in the UFC, and so I, I got a replacement fight, and uh, I still fought for LFA, but um, I've called out Kyle Stewart, man, and I think like I said, what a what a beautiful way to end the year, how I'm supposed to start off this year, and bang with Kyle Stewart, man. Like if we fought for LFA, regardless, one of us would have got the call, you know what I mean? But um, like sadly the fight didn't happen there, but why not why not let it happen in UFC? You know what I mean? Like let's have like let's have bangers because like if we're doing statistics here, like I said, I'm 15 and four. I, I it is a um I have a one win streak right now, but it's still a finish. And I have out of 15 victories, I have 11 finishes. Right? Like Kyle Stewart in the UFC, not to be a dick, but he has he's he's running he's running on two losses. You know, his first fight in got rear naked choked. Second fight got rear naked choked. You know what I mean? So I have no problems going in there and just standing on the feet and just banging with Kyle Stewart. You know what I mean? Like let's let's both make 50k. You know what I mean? And plus maybe the winner maybe the winner 100k. You know what I mean? Because they get a performance also with the fight of the night. So like, dude, I, I love that kind of shit. I live for this shit. I want Kyle Stewart. Kyle Stewart, uh, and I just want to bang, bro. You know what I mean? Like my new hashtag: bang bang. <laughs> Bang, bang. There you hear it. So are we continuing going with the choo-choo motherfuckers? Oh, oh, that's that's happening. I, I am the night train, so that's happening regardless. <laughs> it's just from now on, <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to put a, on the back of my shirt, hashtag bang, bang. You know what I mean? Bang, it's going to be fucking hilarious. Hell yeah, it's a new thing, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, not just... And when I hear when I picture bang bang, I just picture like a jab cross in somebody's face. <laughs> you know bang, what I mean? Bang, bang. bang. <laughs> there you go. Um, so what have you been up to since the fight? How have you just kind of been, have you been relaxing? Did you get back in the gym? What have you been up to? Man, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's funny when it's bad. My coach admit me yesterday. He's like, Jerry, you train today? And I was like, fuck yeah, coach. And I didn't go. No, man, I, I've, I've been just being fat, man, eating everything in sight for right now. I'm actually going to go back to the gym today. Um, it's been actually a week. Yeah, I haven't done anything since last Thursday of the fight. Um, yeah, man, I'm gonna go back to the gym today. I was supposed to go yesterday, but it's being a fat ass. Um, man, like I said, I'm, I'm ready to get back in it. Cause like I said, I want to do one more year before the fight, so before the year's over in one or two more, you know what I mean? Like my goal was seven fights this year, you know, and I'm, I've done five, you know, five in nine months. So if I can, if I can get one in November, one in December, I will do it. You know what I mean? So like I said, I just want to knock some more fights out, knock some more people out. No, for sure. Now, uh, I want to go back to your Stamps performance real quick. Uh, how did you feel about that? Oh, man, I, I greatly disliked my performance. And I, and I, the reason I say that is because I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. And I did not show that. I don't believe I showed what I can do in that fight. You know, like, I, I felt very slow. Like, I, I'm never one to um, complain. You know, I've, I've had, a, I've had a, a lot of bad things happen leading up to the fight. You know what I mean? I had a lot of things going on. But like I said, that shit doesn't doesn't matter when you're in the cage, you're in the cage, or ring. You know what I mean? You're in the ring. But um, like I said, it's just I I, I hate that performance because I feel like I could do it. I could have done more, and I should have done more. Like I said, if I would have pressed the way I, I normally do, I, sh I should have got him out there in the first round. And I'm mad at myself, and I grade myself. Like I grade myself at each performance, but um, I grade myself lower because I I didn't finish him in the first round like I should have. I feel like I had him like not that I had him hurt in the first round, but I've had him dead rights. You know, you could tell he was he was hesitant. 
and he was backing off a lot more uh, than I was. So, like, I, I feel like if I would have pressed more, he would have broke quicker in the first round. I could have took it. But it is what it is, man. The fight game is the fight game. I got a submission out of it, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, the submission victory. I mean, you can't complain about that, right? Nah, man. I, I love submissions, bro. Like I said, like, submissions are so fucking sexy, bro. Like I said, like, to make another man tap out, to say to say that I quit, that I give up, there's, there's no other man, there's no other way to own a man, you know what I mean? Like, you own that dude now, you know what I mean? That's what a, like, I feel like if you're fighting a guy, if you're in a, like a, uh, what's the, like a, ooh, like the Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell where you fight three times, I feel like you have to submit the guy the last time. The reason is, once you submit him, there's no way to come back from that. You know, knock a guy out, you know, you can always, you can always, like, oh, he had a weak chin, oh, like, Lucker's lucky punch or whatever. But when you submit a guy, no, that, that just says... Fuck you, that guy's better, you quit. That's it. And I love that shit about submissions. Yes, yeah, skill above all. Exactly. Now, <laughs> welterweight. We're staying at welterweight, no more going back up to middleweight. Um, yeah, like my, my goal, my, my I'm sorry, my division is one seventy, and that is um like I said, that's my that is my focus. Not gonna lie, if they if they need somebody last minute at eighty five or to have a fun fight, you know what I mean? Because there's nobody wants to fight me at seventy. Because I have I have that that trouble a lot, you know what I mean? I'll go like three months or four months without a fight because people keep dodging me, you know what I mean? But like if I get a fight at eighty five, I'll take that. Hell yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? But my 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 main division, my main focus is one seventy, one hundred percent. So for sure, going forward, when you enter the UFC to be at the one hundred seventy pound division. Yes, sir. Hey, but like I said, I could pull some Anderson Silva shit, go up a weight class, and surprise people. <laughs> How do you feel you would stack up against some of those guys in the UFC at the 170-pound division? 70-pound division. Oh, my goodness. There's Man, what, what I love about the Wall Street division, about my division, is in my mind, it's the most common division. You know what I mean? Like, I think any almost any man can make 170. You know what I mean? If you fight or you know work hard enough to make that weight. So, I, I feel like I have a very stacked division, and I feel like, I, man, like I said, my wrestling's getting better, and my hands are really are top notch, shit like that, and they're only getting better as well. Excuse me, and I haven't even reached my prime. I'm still 25. People think I'm a lot older than I am. I think I stack up very well. I think, like I said, if I enter into the UFC later this year, fighting Kyle Stewart, I'll be within the top. I'll be within the top 10 within within two years, with if not within the first like year, because I fight so often. You know what I mean? So like, man, I'd love to fight like a Tyron Woodley, bro. Like I feel like he's on his way out, and yeah, he. Man, the way he fought against Usman, you could tell he's ready to quit and just get out the sport. And so I'd, I'd love to be the guy to do that. You know what I mean? Because I've never liked Tyron Woodley, bro. Like, not to sound like an asshole, but he's such a crybaby, man. Just, oh, you she's not paying attention to me. Oh, this. Oh, it's like, dude, shut up and just fight, man. Like, who the fuck cares about your fucking belly ache and just fight? That's what we're paying to watch. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm usually paying to see him get knocked out. But, you know what I mean? We're still paying. <laughs> bro. I bought tickets to UFC 209. That was like the very first live event I went to. And I watched yeah. him and Wonder Boy dance around a cage for five rounds. It was fucking <laughs> horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is one like, it's, it's, oh, dude, it this, it, it, it this, oh, I'm sorry. This is how much I dislike this man, bro. I'm trying not to say the wrong thing. But he, he I just hate the way he fights. He, he looks for that lucky, not lucky shot. He looks for that one good shot, and he loads up for it. And if he doesn't get it, he tires out. It's fucking hilarious. He has no real skill. He's He has decent wrestling, and he just, like I said, he just loads up. For striking-wise, he just loads up, and if he doesn't get it, he gasses. It's 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 it's, a, it's embarrassing to watch. You know what I mean? So I'd love to go out there and embarrass his ass. No, for, I mean, it would be a great fight. I would love to see it. It would be a hell of a war. 
I think he would just hesitate all day though, because that's him. You know what I mean? Like like you said earlier, he waits, loads up for that big punch, and he waits and 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 waits. Hey, and guess what? I just I have uh, like I said, I have experience on that now. Like I said with Marcel, man. Like I said, that's that's what I'm upset about. Because like I said, I should have pressed more, um, in in situations like that with him. But um, like I said, when I fight Taiwan, Ty, uh, Woodley, now like I said, now I have that experience from myself, so I won't wait as much, man. I'm gonna go in there and just take what's mine, man. You know what I mean? Like that's what I love about fighting, bro. It's like you can break a man. That's what I do with myself. You can just break a man into submission into you winning, and I love that shit, bro. You know what I mean? It's, it's like the, the best way I, I think about fighting, and I love it. Is like imagine how to explain this? Like you climb a mountain. Whoever gets there first is like has to stomp on the other guy to knock him off the mountain. That's in a way how I fucking see it, bro. You know what I mean? I, I like not bringing him to submission. Kind of like I climb up the mountain first because it's it's a it's a you know what I mean? It's like you're running against another person at first when you're fighting them. You know what I mean? And it's like when you get up the mountain and shit like that, and then like you have to kind of step on them and knock them down off the mountain. I'm like <laughs> I know that's kind of weird and shit, but that's how I see it, man. I fucking love it, bro. Like it's it's fucking beautiful, man. I, I love weird shit like that. Bro. It's that killer be killed attitude. That's how it is. It's a dog-eat-dog world out here, man, and I plan to uh, be well-fed, man. <laughs> I'll kill a couple of y'all to keep living. Hell yeah. <laughs> how was the whole island fight experience? You got to fight back home in Georgia. Did you enjoy that? No, I, I can't. Look, look, like, my, my friends know. I, <laughs> I had about, let me think, I definitely had less than 20. I think I think less than, less than 10. If not 10, I had about less than 10 people that I really, uh, yeah, that I really wanted there. there you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I didn't post like I wanted people to buy tickets and shit like that. Like I hope that doesn't sound bad. Like I like fights, so don't like don't don't get mad at me. You know what I mean? It's just I, I didn't I don't like fighting in my my hometown. You know what I mean? Or my home AJ state. AJ McKee at the Bellator 228 press conference said the same exact thing. He said the reason why he picked December over January is because he didn't want to deal with the ticket requests. He didn't want to deal with the hey I'm gonna come. Can you buy my ticket and I'll pay you later? Bullshit. You just don't yeah. want to deal with it. No, for real, I hate that shit, bro. And everybody always waits to the last minute. Like, even at the venue, I was still being stressed out because I had to, uh, people want to come late and I have to get people in, put in a certain way, or, you know what I mean? People expect that shit from me. And that's why I only let in a certain, a few, I only invite a certain a few amount of people because I don't want to deal with that shit. But it sucks that I had to anyway, man. Like I said, that's why I'd rather go to another fucking state uh, and just be a villain. I love being the villain, bro. I love coming out there and people booing me, bro. It's 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 amazing. It, it's like it's fuel to my fire. It makes me fight harder. You know what I mean? When when everything's against me, because when I knock the guy out or when I beat the guy and it's dead silent in that arena, it's fucking best thing in the world, bro. Like the best the best example I can give you is when I when I knocked out Cody Wilson uh, last year in his in his home state of uh what was it Greensville, South Carolina. Yeah, and I fought for uh, eight six four fighting championships, bro. Knocked his ass out in the third round, and I get up, I'm hollering, yelling, "Yeah, woo, woo!" Whatever, and like, and I realize, I'm like, "Holy fuck!" I can hear myself, and it's because I like I stopped. <laughs> it's because I stopped, and I looked around, and it's dead silent. Because like, I, like I ain't lie, to you. I fucked up Cody, bro. Like he was, he he was. I left him on the fucking canvas for a while, bro, and everybody was just dead silent. It was just like I, I in that moment. Fuck, I felt king-like, bro. You know what I mean? It was just awesome. Like, standing in front of my subjects and, like, gladiator, I just, like, fucking put the thumbs down, bro, and I just killed this, man. It was fucking fire, man. I love that shit. Well, let me tell you what. On December 14th at the T-Mobile Arena, when you beat Kyle Stewart, it is not going to be quiet. 
Because I'm going to be <laughs> fucking like, that's my boy. Oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, you yell out, choo-choo, motherfucker. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that or bang, bang, baby. You know what I mean? Let me know you there. And I tell I people, you, you got to. I don't. I never hear voices when I'm in the fight or after the fight, but I I can hear when people say my shit. And usually, I connect the voices then, if that makes sense. I can't hear people like, yeah, Jared. That I hear that too much, so I can't connect. Yeah, for real. I'm trying to tell you, man. It's funny. Like after the fight, everybody's like, "Did you hear me, Jared? Did you hear me?" No, I'm not, and I'm not trying to. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, they like, hear my coaches. <laughs> you know exactly for real. Like I I am trained to listen to three voices. After other than that, I have no oh, and the and the ref, you know what I mean? When the ref says something, you gotta know, you gotta, you gotta listen to him, you know what I mean? Other than that, man, I, I ain't trying to listen to nobody else. <laughs> uh, how's training been going? I, I mean, obviously, you prepared well for this training camp, everything went good, everything went according to plan. Not like that. <laughs> I told you, like, like I said, I, I, like I said, I'm not one to uh, uh complain or uh give excuses, but um. Nah, man, training camp didn't go well, bro. Like, it's, yeah, I don't want to get too into it right now because, like, shit, shit kind of went uh, sideways in a weird way. But, like, I had to, uh, I had to really had to scramble for this fight camp, you know what I mean? To make, to get, to, uh, to make training. Like, not to make the training, but um, to make sure I had everything I needed for this fight, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's just, like I said, I don't want to go into it because I don't want to uh, throw anybody under any buses or say anything. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But, man, it's just like this fight camp, I had, like, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know how to say this without sounding like fucked up. So I'm. I'm, I'm not going to. But it's like I said, just this. This fight camp was the hardest one I've ever had to go through. And like, not because of the training. It's because of how I had to figure shit out for myself and make shit work to lead up to this fight. You know what I mean? It's. It's just fucking hilarious. But no, like that. That's what's hilarious. No fighting the training camp did not go well. But yeah, like that's something that I pride myself on. Like even though all the cards and shit was stacked up against me. I still made it work. You know what I mean? So, hey, I'm a professional. I'm, I really am a fighter. I'm a dog, at, like, in the end. So, at the end of the day, I'm always going to make it work. <laughs> so, you were able to persevere, put everything to the side, and still pull out that victory. Fuck yeah, man. Because, like I said, that, at that's... At the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Exactly. You know what I mean? Cause like, like, like I said, because, like, if I would have lost... Nobody would have cared. Nobody, no, like, I, I think it's funny when people lose and they want to give excuses. Oh, this didn't go right for me. This didn't go right for me. This, but, but, like, nobody cares. At the end of the day, you lost. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, my coach said it best back in the day. He said people only care about what the winners have to say. Nobody cares what the loser has to say. You know what I mean? And that's and it's true. So, like I said, like, I just – but even even still, I don't, I'm not going to make excuses. I don't want to be that person that has to, like, tell everybody what I had to go through to make make shit work. Just just know, like, like I said, y'all can know, though, that shit was fucked up, but I still made it work. That's, the, like I said, the kind of dog I am. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be one to, like, cry about it and let everybody know. Like, it's, it is what it is. It's life. Life is hard. You got to make it work. You know what I mean? Like, I tell people life's a game. You, you, know, you just got to make sure you're winning. You know what I mean? And that's all I plan to do. That's all I, that's all I can do. <laughs> Hey, you should never take it way too seriously because you're never getting out alive. Exactly, <laughs> man. I the more the the older I get, the more and more I see life like the Joker, bro. You know what I mean? Like it's a mad world out here, man. Like shit, you gotta survive. You know what I mean? Like oh man, I don't know if you can see my my new tattoo. Can you see that? I seen the pictures of it. Yeah, I like that. Oh, it's my favorite tattoo, like, because it, it's new. But, it, um, yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's in the shape of a spade, and it says, we're all mad here from Alice in Wonderland. No, I like Fuck it. I like it. it. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm a huge Disney freak. 
I have a Peter Pan tattoo. That's one of my other favorite tattoos. Bro, it says, um, do you know my one of my first real jobs was at Disneyland? You're fucking joking. I swear to God. And you get me in. <laughs> I've never been. <laughs> Yo, awesome. my wife's never been either. She tells me all the time, like, all right, we'll go. We'll figure this shit out. <laughs> it's like a thousand fucking dollars. Though. Yeah? Is, is it expensive to go down there? Yeah. Fuck, dude. How'd you like it? How'd you like working at Disney, man? That's fucking fire. It was dope. It was dope. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, we got like this. So like our ID cards would get us through the gates and so yeah. we'd just be able to go to Disneyland whenever <laughs> that's fucking awesome dude I'm so jealous <laughs> like I wish I could do that like I wish I could have number one I've done a lot of cool fucked up shit in my life like I'm not, I'm not saying that's fucked up but I'm saying like I wish I could have like worked at a movie theater and like had the keys to go in whenever I wanted to and just play movies and like watch all of them <laughs> you know what I mean like that's the shit but that's what I think of like if I worked at Disney that's what I'd do like fuck hours I'd wait for everybody leaves come back, you know what I mean, let myself in, go on After all hours. the rides, hell yeah, hey, hey, take a chick with me, impress her, you know what I'm saying, get some pussy on one of the rides, ah, fuck, that's my man, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean, great minds think alike, <laughs> exactly, but yeah, had to quit that job, ended up having a kid, so I was like, oh, well, gotta get a real job now, <laughs> <laughs> said get a real job now, <laughs> it was fun little lasted, <laughs> Man, dude, I, 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 I respect you for having kids. I think you said you had three, right? No, I have one, and my wife oh, has wife four. Yeah. Oh shit, four. Okay. So damn, five total. Holy shit. But my <laughs> my stepdaughters are all older. Like, oh, one thank still God. lives at the house still with us. They all <laughs> lived at the house with us when we started dating, but one by one they've trickled out. <laughs> cool, cool. So, but look, like, dude, like, so it's, it's not that expensive. But man, like, I am so, I am so terrified now to have a kid. Like back in the, like, I've always been too terrified to have a kid. But like, man, just, just, just the thought of having to be responsible for another human being scares the shit out of me. And like, I, I like, I like what I love about what I love about my life right now is like, I can just say fuck it all right now and just I can disappear. You know what I mean? Like, I could go get on a plane and go somewhere else and like quit my job and like I have no real responsibilities right now <laughs> with a kid you can't do that dude so like that's that's my biggest fear like yeah there's no leaving and going to Thailand for me <laughs> <laughs> dude that's so oh my goodness man I don't know how you do it man I respect you man like seriously parents the people that actually raise their kids bro like, you have my mad respect bro because like I can't imagine I can't fathom that right bro, now. I was 19 when I had my son I was 19 <laughs> for two weeks Oh, shit. And uh, he got dropped on my doorstep uh, when I was 21. And it's been, it was him and I until I met my wife uh, oh, shit. about four or five years ago. Damn. I respect that shit, man. You made it as a single dad, bro. I respect that shit, man. And I don't know how you did that. Look, the way I look at it is I'll be damned if somebody else is going to raise my son. No, look, 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 and that's another reason why I don't, I'm not ready to have a kid. Let's look, look let's, let's be real. You can't tr- look, look, like, like I, I don't want to say let's be real, but like, I don't think I could really like trust a chick like that, like that right now. You know what I mean? Because I, like, like, I can't, I can't even imagine being married right now. You know how, how much it costs just to get divorced? <laughs> <laughs> cheaper to keep. But like, it's like, you know what I mean? But like, so dude, so like, man, imagine having a kid with somebody and then y'all having a falling out and then she tries to take my motherfucking kid and now some other niggas trying to raise my kid. Like, I, like I, you know what I mean? Like, 
about to kill somebody, bro. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound fucked up, but like, dude, I can't have nobody else raising my kid. I can't have nobody else. My son or daughter can't call some other dude daddy. What? What? Not even stepdad, man. It, no. Uh-uh. No. Just not. That shit. I'm trying to tell you, bro. So, <laughs> I got to, I've always told myself, man, because like my dad, like, I didn't grow up without my dad. He just wasn't there. You know what I mean? Because like, he lived, he, he has another family. He lived in Florida and like, me and my mom moved to Georgia. But like, man, I like, I just could never let somebody else raise my kid, bro. I, I, I just like in my mind, if I if I ever did get a chick pregnant, even if she was like butt ugly or some shit, I'd have to stay with her because I would never want my kid to not know what that kind of love is. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like growing up without a dad, because I, I did that. And it's like you try to fill that hole with other shit, and it only gets worse from there. It's so like, man, because if you can, like when you being a single dad and making that shit work, bro, I, you really have my respect, bro. That's fucking awesome, dude. Awesome shit, bro. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. I like that. I like I use I usually only hear that that phrase when it comes to sex. You know what I mean? That's what makes it funny because you use that there because that go back again. <laughs> you kill me, man. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Shit, no, man. No, no, hey, no. you see any you see any you see any fights coming up that that like pique your interest, bro? Ooh, there's a lot, a lot. Um. One that I'm fucking super looking forward to is Usman and Covington. Uh, I'm a course. huge Kamaru Usman fan. Like, really? Uh, okay. I seen him the March before at UFC 222. The shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I respect um, it. I seen him there, and I was like, "Listen, bro, I can't deal with Tyron Woodley anymore. I need you to go in there and like, you know handle business." A year oh, later yeah. in Las Vegas, he does the same thing. He handles business, takes out Tyrone Woodley. Uh, he's a great guy. I've interviewed his brother tons of time, Muhammad. Uh, you guys yeah. fought, on, fought on the same card, I believe. Yeah, my first time I fought for Titan back in March, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for him to fight Covington. I really hope he smashes him. That's, that's dope. I, I hope so, too, man. I'm not... Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious I'm not a Covington fan, bro. You know what I mean? But, like, he's just, he just annoys me, man. I hate – look, you know what I can't stand? I hate how he calls – I hate how he calls himself the people's champion. Nobody has ever said that shit. Nobody. I've never read – I've never read, oh, Covington, people's champ. No, he's called himself this shit. And he, – but he – It's like, no, 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 no. The people, ah, we don't care for you. Fuck off. It's fucking hilarious, man. Like, all the people that call themselves the people's champion are never the people's champions. Like, bro, who the fuck are you to call yourself that? You know what I mean? Like, who, who the Like, that's stupid as fuck to me, man. So, like, I need him to get his ass whooped, bro. Like, yeah, I'm not an Usman fan, but I, I, I've been rooting for him his last two fights. I root for him against Woodley, and I'm rooting for him against uh, Covington. Yeah, no, I'm excited yeah. for that. Masvidal, Diaz. How can you not be oh, excited for yes. that? Yes. That is amazing. Like, that is literally like every MMA fan's wet dream come true. Man, I, I, actually, I'll top you one better. I'll top you one better. It was supposed to happen, but it didn't happen. I think the best fight would be like, I think a, a, a good fight would be uh, Diaz versus uh, Dustin Poirier. If that shit would have happened. Ooh, that would have been That's... a good fight. I would have liked to see those two bang. Right, you know what I mean? Like on the feet, and this both they got they got both pretty good slick jujitsu, you know. So like, fuck, dude, that'd be awesome to fucking watch in my mind. But yeah. I'm still waiting for, I'm still waiting for we call it uh, what's not ooh, t- 
Tony Ferguson gets a title shot against fucking Khabib. Bro. He's the only one that has a shot. Like, it, it seems like at, at this point in time, if we don't give Tony a shot, like, GSP? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> that's There's nobody else, but that's it. Like, I'd love to see GSP come out of retirement because I think he'd beat, he'd beat Khabib as well. His wrestling's amazing. But then at well, like, weight class. It'd be 55. Do we do, you, do, we do 65? That was no, another no, thing. No. It'd be 55. He, like, she, GSP said he'd come down. Could he make 55? They, like, again, I don't know the man, but I hear he's been walking around small as shit lately. See what I mean? So, like, when he fought at 70, he was anybody always... anybody who could do it, I, it's GSP. Like, yeah, and, like, he's got the mindset to do it. 100%. Well, he sets a goal, he fucking accomplished it, man. That's why I respect and love him, dude. He's To me, he's the GOAT of all time right now. You know what I mean? Like, best MMA fighter. He, the way he fought everybody, he's, um... Like, say, for the UFC, he's the GOAT because... He held the welterweight belt for the longest, like, well, not the most wins, but, like, he's just, the way he dominated all his competition, it was fucking amazing, bro. So, to me, he's the GOAT for right now in the organization. Maybe give it, like, another five years, maybe soon, that could be John Jones. Or, like, I think even Easy Road has a while to go before he could be known as the GOAT. But, man, GSP right now, he's the GOAT to me, man. And, like, I think he needs, like, six months to make 55. You know what I mean? Like, to make sure he could do all the right diet and shit like that, dude. Like, yeah. six months. He'd make 55, yeah. <laughs> now, if the UFC were to open a 65 division, is that something you could make? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you thought about it, though. You're like, wait. At the end of the day, I have to be real with myself, man. And, like, yeah. don't be wrong. I'm, I, like, I'm not killing myself to make 70, but it's not easy. You know what I mean? And it's like. I made, uh, I, I remember one time I, I weighed in at 169 at one time, and that was, I remember being on the scale, and they said that I was like, well, that was a huge mistake. <laughs> that was that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, man, like, could I make 65? Like, I have a, like, I have a, not a, a, a I have a nutritionist, mm -hmm. and he helped me make weight for my last fight. But, um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could. Like I said it, the last fight, the weight to make 175 wasn't bad. Making 70 will be easier. So 65. Just have like, like one said, serving of broccoli all day long. <laughs> exactly, man. It'll oh, be in a nice little bro. circle, though. So. Oh, goodness. <laughs> That's a, I, I have to take a thing of broccoli and cut it up like four times to make like a little circle, bro. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, like, that's what I hate. I hate I hate the fight week, bro. Like, the dieting shit's terrible. But, uh, could it, like, honestly, could I make it? why I'm not a fighter. I could not do that. I, I, I love to eat. I'm a foodie. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm about I'm I'm one ninety. I'm I'm in the one nineties right now. Yeah, six it's heavyweight. Like what the fuck am I doing in heavyweight? <laughs> you be a, a DC? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a <Daniel laughs> That's fucking awesome. Hey, it works though. Look at him. He's making it work wrestling and shit like that. So fuck. You can do it. <laughs> I'm thirty and have no wrestling experience. What oh man, dude, neither do I <laughs> Dude. You know, he's stupid. Hey, you know what's funny shit is like I had no prior wrestling experience. All the wrestling I I have, I think it's obvious. But all the wrestling I have is from MMA, bro. And like, even though I haven't shown it in the cage, though, I have some real pretty good fucking wrestling. Like I've taken down some like high level college athlete kind of wrestlers. You know what I mean? It's just like I've taken down some people wrestlers, bro. And I I just I, I can't wait for that to transcend into my fighting. It's funny because like they say it takes about six months for what how, how to explain this. Basically, what what I've learned. Six months ago, 
is what I'm able to use in the cage now. And what I know now, I'll be able to use in the in the cage six months later from now. It's fucking weird the timetable on how it's able to transcend over like that. I don't it's, memory get it down all the way. Exactly, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? It takes like six months if you keep repeatedly do it Where for you to be able to nature. like. Right? Hey, this is it is right. You have you have to make it that. So, like, man, I'm just it's just, well, yeah, because like a lot shit. of the time, like it's all just like instinctual. You know what I mean? Like you see his head there, you throw the elbow. Oh, 100%, dude. Man, I, I wish I'd use my elbows more in the fight, man. I, I hit him with one good elbow, and that was it. <laughs> I hate that shit, man. Like, I'm pretty lethal with my elbows, man. Like, I, I wish I'd just use them more, man. Like, but I was, I was just, again, I was just too nervous about, like, being uppercutted or, or overhand that close to him, man. But fuck, again, expect some, I'm telling you, bro, expect some amazing shit out of my next fight, bro. Like, I need to come over this little hurdle of coming off that loss, that, you know what I mean? But, like, dude. My confidence is back, and I'm about to mess and fuck everybody up that I fight, bro. Like, I just can't wait. And that, that, that's exactly what I like to hear from you, brother. Well, uh, I don't want to take any more of your time, man. But before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to give a shout-out to your sponsors, teammates, loved ones, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey. Thank you, Brody. Man, I always have to uh, give a shout-out to Defiance Fuel. Uh, their water is amazing. Their water helped me cut weight for this fight. Um, if you, any, I believe any and every athlete needs to check them out. Defiance Fuel. Um, shit, I always give a shout out to X3, um, my teammates, Nasty Nate, Robert Hell, uh, Reese, um, Walter, all of you guys. Thank you guys for training with me, making me better. Um, man, loved ones, man. I guess I always gotta thank my moms. You know what I mean? Like she's she's taught me how it is to be a fighter. You know what I mean? Like she's fight. She fought for me and my sister when we were kids, and she's like I said, she's my role model. She's if I can be half the fighter she was for me. I'm gonna be world class, man. So, like I said, my that's that's the little one I always want to shout out. But I want I do want to thank Sometimes my. Sometimes some of the best fighters never stepped in the cage. For real, oh, I've learned that myself. You know what I mean? I've I've met some great guys in the gym who who like who can throw people down, like fuck people up. They don't care to fight. They're like, oh fuck it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like you could be like, dude, your 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 career, like what you could be. He's like, I just don't care. I want to do something else with my life. I'm like, all right, I respect it, but like, damn, like yeah, the be- the the best talent is always undefined they say you know what i mean like and what i hate about that is like there's some i love music i, I know i'm kind of going off on a different thing real quick i'm sorry if you don't mind no, it's just like i, I, I love night music. train hour <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate you baby <laughs> now i'm like dude i love music and what, what's insane is like the best the real best artists are never found the real like like you know they always say um like you know they Britney Spears don't sing for herself. They say like they ha- she has a she has somebody singing for her. You know yeah. what I mean? Or Drake has writers shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, dude, these people don't care to be known. They just they they make money on the side doing this shit. That's so fucking cool. But I'd love to meet these people. I'd love to pick their brains and learn like just like how they've gotten to music, who they are. And I, like I said, I just love music, man. Music is. If I wasn't a fighter, I'd definitely be playing my guitar somewhere. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what we, we're gonna have to get that on some video. You playing some guitar soon? <laughs> I'm down, bro. Let me know. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, where can the fans find you on social media? Um, on Instagram, it's Night Train N I T E Night Train M M A twenty three. On Twitter, it's Capital J Capital G Night Train twenty three. And on Facebook, Jared Night Train Good Man. Follow me. Check me out. Hey, follow my life, man. Try to make it as interesting as I can. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Thank you for your time, man. And uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. This is Muhammad Amoda Usman, and you're listening to MMA Records Radio.
Here we are back at it again one more time. Wally Wall and I are here to preview UFC on ESPN 8. No, sorry, ESPN 6. <laughs> yeah. This is Friday night, tomorrow night, October 18th. It is headlined by light heavyweight matchup Dominic Reyes and the former middleweight champion Chris Weidman finally taking that step up to light heavyweight in his first matchup is a young, young killer. Also on this card, the rematch that everyone's been looking forward to, Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevenson, plus Greg Hardy's returning, Joe Loison, two of the top 20, under 25, 25 MMA fighters. <laughs> Going head-to-head, -head, Macy Barber versus Julian Robertson, Charles Rosa versus Manny Bermudez, Kyle Bosniak's returning Boston Salmon versus Randy Costa. Super excited. We're going to start in the heavyweight division, though. Daniel Spitz is taking on Daniel Boser. Uh, Tanner has fought all over the world. We talked to Tanner before. Super excited for this fight. Daniel Spitz, though, man, 6-2. and two. The dude is big, like really yeah. big. Uh, what is he now? He's 2-1. and one. No, one and two in the UFC, sorry. He's lost to Walt Harris and Mark Godberg. He's beaten Anthony Hamilton. But he won four, five fights in a row before he came to the UFC. So we'll see what he is going to bring to the table. Tanner Bolster, though, like I said, he's fought all over the world. He's 16 and five. His last fight was a win. This is technically his UFC debut because his last opponent, he... Uh, I think he got caught with, I don't even know exactly what the steroid was, but he got busted for PEDs the week of the fight. So he had to reschedule for this week. So Tanner Bozer is technically making his UFC debut this week. So super excited to see what he brings to the table. Yeah, I, lo I love the fact that we are starting this, uh, you know, this card with a uh, heavyweight fight because, you know, <laughs> we can... Uh... Like we we can get you know we have the chance of having a, a huge knockout in the first round like is big. I think that maybe we'll have a no one hundred percent in the middleweight division. Brendan Allen is taking on Kevin Holland, and obviously we all know about all in Brendan Allen. He uh, was on the contender series this year. He won his contract with a beautiful rear naked choke submission. One uh, sorry three minutes and twenty three seconds into the first round. He uh, won three fights in LFA right before that. He is on a four-fight win streak if you include the Contender Series fight, which obviously it was a fight, so who doesn't continue it? He's fighting Kevin Holland this weekend. I love Kevin Holland. The dude is brass. He talks a lot of shit, but he calls his shot. He's won hit three of his last four fights. He's won three of four in the UFC. He won his fight in the Contender Series, even though he did not get a contract. He decided that he would still stay ready. The UFC called him as a last-minute replacement for Tiago Santos. They couldn't find anybody to face him. And Dana White said, hey, give me that big mouth from the Contender Series. Yeah. And Kevin Holland went in there and put on a performance. A unanimous decision victory, nonetheless, for Tiago Santos. But damn, did it not raise Kevin Holland's stock. And then for him to go out there and get a rear naked choke submission over John Phillips, a split decision victory over Gerald Mershep, and a unanimous decision victory over Alicio de Sirico. I mean, the man has popped off three fights in a row. 
with a win here, we could easily be seeing a right Kevin Holland by the very, very early 2020. Oh, yeah. I think that Kevin Holland, uh, once he came out of the Contender Series and, uh, you know, the the hype after or even before that fight uh, against uh, Santos and uh, Dana White calling him Big Mouth and, you know, and he, he was talking trash and he fought well against Santos because Santos was killing people <laughs> at, that, uh, that, at that point. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, like fucking Jorge Masvidal says, he was baptizing motherfuckers. Yeah, it's like it wasn't. Uh, a, it wasn't like a, I would say a smart choice because you know when you think that no, I will not take a fight on short notice against a guy like that. But he did, and because he's a because he's a tremendous fighter, you know he delivered even though he lost. And right now, he he built he built a name for himself, and uh, I think that this fight can be good for him if he wins. Oh, definitely, this this uh, this will be really huge for his career, I think. No, for sure. <clears throat> the next fight, Sean Brady is taking on, or sorry, Sean Brady is taking on Court McGee in the welterweight division. Brady is 10-0, making his UFC debut. Super excited to see him burst onto the scene. Court McGee is a veteran, obviously. But he's been on a little bit of a slide lately in his last four fights. He's lost three of four. His last fight against Diego Lima, he lost by a split decision. That was in April. This is 2019 is the first year since 2017 that he's going to have two fights. So uh, inactivity for a while. Sean Brady is a young, hungry stud. I think this might be a one-sided victory for Mr. Brady. Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, I think that you never learn. You never, you never learn. Like... We we just had that conversation about uh, the Crown Gracie against. Like, listen, you need to start respecting the old guys. Maybe you know that's what they are giving him a guy with a on a losing streak. Let's be fair, but you may never know. We saw so many things happen in the UFC. I'm not saying that it will be a clear. The W for Sean, for Sean Brady, but well, maybe I don't know. I don't know. We will see. We shall see. Boston Boom Boom Salmon is taking on Randy Costa in the what is it? Bantamweight division. Uh, Bam Bam has lost his first fight entering the UFC. That was at UFC 236. Khalid Taha with a huge knockout of Boston Salmon. I mean, but Khalid Taha has been doing that to everybody ever since then. Yeah. I mean, let's be serious. He's been yeah. people. Uh, Randy Costa also lost by a rear naked choke submission. So both these guys have only fought with the UFC, and both of them have lost. So both of them are going to go into looking for a win. Combined, they've only lost three fights. Randy Costa's four and one. Boston Salmon's six and two. Two young guns really going at it. Randy Costa trains out of Lozon MMA. He's 25 years old. Boston Boom Boom Sam is out here, and uh, he's 28 and tour. Super excited about Boston Salmon. I've always been a big fan of him. Do you think that Boston will have the crowd on his side? I think because his name is Boston and they're in yeah. Boston. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if the crowd was for guys like me. Nothing, nothing but the fact that his name is Boston. Yeah, nothing but. But yeah, it's a good. A good chunk might not even know who he is. Yeah. What's his name? Boston? Boston? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, guys. He's yeah, a fucking guy, guy. Yeah, man. 
until they hear that he's from Las Vegas. That was a horrible Boston accent too. I just want to point that out. Horrible, horrible. Like uh, just do the Irish one. What, 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 what was that? <laughs> I'm not sure what was it, but you know, like, but uh, it's a good fight. It's a bantamweight fight. I think, uh, yeah, it's a fun fight to watch on the 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 pre the the. the Prelims, I'm saying. Prelims. The prelims are on ESPN2. The entire card is on ESPN2. That's why it really confused on why I call it ESPN6. Wouldn't it be ESPN2-1? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> That's another conversation <laughs> for another day. I won't get into it. In the featherweight division, Kyle Bosniak is taking on Sean Woodson. Sean the Warrior Woodson won his contender series contract with a huge flying knee victory over Terrence McKinney. Uh, that was on episode five of this last season. I believe that was the episode where every single fighter won a contract. I believe that's the only time that it ever happened. Out of his entire UFC career, he is two and four, two losses or four losses, two wins. He's only beaten Brandon Davis and Enrique Bernzoli. He has lost two in a row, but I want to say but because the two guys he has lost to are Zabit Magomed Sharipov and Hakeem Dawadu, arguably two future high-level contenders of this division. So, yeah. I mean, no slouch. But again, he's going against a guy that's 6-0, and Sean Woodson. He had a huge knockout on the contender series. You know what he brings to the table Kyle Bosniak is a killer. I mean, you've seen all the great pitchers from the Zabit fight. Uh, I'm excited for this one. This one could be fight of the night. Uh, I have a question, like because in this prelims, like we have a lot of fighters that came out from the contender series. Do you think that the contender series uh, took over? Like that we will not have the tough seasons because we spoke about uh, on a previous uh, episode about you know the tough, you know the Colby against Team Usman and stuff like that, but do you think that uh, because of how what could the have been. <laughs> yeah no because of the yeah because of the success of the contender series, do you think that they really need to bring back tough? Why not do it right now? Well, there is no contender series. Yeah, but you know Why those last. Not? It gives us something during a Tuesday or a Wednesday night to watch. It keeps the UFC in my mind. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, uh, like a, a fan like you, I know that you will watch. But those, those last season, man. I would not say that they were boring, but you know what I mean. Well, that's why you got to have two captivating coaches. You have to. You have to have yeah. a rivalry. Like, I mean, let's be realistic. You probably couldn't do Usman versus Carpentine. It would just be too fucking wild. Like, there would need to be a whole lot of a security. It would be ridiculous. I think they, yeah, they need a trash talker. There's so much, so more, so many guys they can bring, like, so many. No, for sure. But in the women's flyweight division, Molly McCann is taking on a debuting Diana Belbita. I think I said that right. She's the warrior princess. She's on a four-fight win streak. She is 13-4. She's only 23 years old. She is very young. Molly Meatball McCann has been here for a long time. She is a well, fuck, but she's how long has she been in the UFC now? Since 2000, I really forget on that. 
Why do I feel like no, she's been know. here a lot longer? Did she did she leave the UFC and came back? No, she's been in 2018, 2019. Well, I feel like maybe she's just been really inactive. She's only fought three maybe. times in 2018. Yeah, she lost to Jillian. Yeah, she lost to Jillian. I remember that fight. Yeah. And then, yeah, because she went to England to fight her. And uh, I believe that's where Molly's from. Because Jillian always fights people on the road for some reason. She loves it. Uh, Priscilla, she beat Priscilla, but I think Priscilla's now done in the UFC. Ariana Lipsky, uh, the violence queen, I believe that's Ariana Lipsky. She is, uh, uh, she's badass. But, uh, interesting fight here. I don't really know a whole lot about Molly's opponent, Diana, other than it's her debut. So, uh, be very interesting to see what this young lady brings to the 125-pound women's division. Oh yeah, because uh, you know those female division needs to get uh, how can I say that uh, more stuck. I think that they need more fighters, and you know they, they need like... a little more umph in their division. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. But yeah, so this is a good fight uh, for the on the in this division. We will see. I don't have a lot to say about this fight. To be fair. No, for sure. Charles Rosa is now a catchweight against Manny Bermudez at 148 pounds. I was just screaming my head off. Manny, bro, what's going on? How do you not make featherweight? You were just a bantamweight, 135 pounds. Well, I don't you're, know. You're still maybe the homie, this is, though. Maybe still, this is, He's still yeah. the homie, so I'm still pulling for him. Sorry, Charles. Uh, Charles was technically in the podcast with the interview with Jillian Robertson. Unfortunately, though, we lost the goddamn audio for that, so sorry, guys. Missed that interview. Like I said, we'll have Jillian on, though, soon. Manny Bermudez, though, man, I'm super excited to see the Bermudez Triangle back at it again. I want to see him at this new weight. Fortunately, we won't see him exactly at the new weight, but we still get to see the fight. Super excited to see what he brings to the table. I feel like he's going to be a little more energized now at 145 pounds. Yeah, and I would definitely prefer to watch a catchweight fight than don't watch a fight at all. Oh, 100%. So shout out to Charles Rosa, maybe Charles, uh, because I think that, uh, I'm not sure if Charles also had a problem with weight, but I think that Charles needed to accept to fight at catch weight, right? Uh, right here it says, at the weigh-ins, Darian Wynn and Manny Bermudez missed the required weights for their respective fights. So Rosa uh, was on weight, so was Darian Stewart, and they will both get 20% of their opponent's purses. Yeah, so shout out to him because uh, there are some fighters that they didn't want, like Michelle Watterson didn't want to fight against Joanna. Even though it's a smart move, but as a fan, as a meathead, I would say, I, I want to watch the fight. So, you know, 100%. That is the main event for the prelims portion. Now, on to the main card. Another catchweight, Darion Wynn at the 188.5 pound division, I guess. Versus Darian Stewart. Uh, Darion Wynn missed weight. Like I said, he's going to give 20% of his purse up to Darian Stewart. Super excited to see Darian Stewart back in the cage. Uh, I've been following him on Instagram a lot lately. And uh, his workout routine is fucking intense. I just want to point that out. Uh, Darian yeah. Stewart, though, is no joke. Mini DC over there is just fucking rolling over people left and right since he's been in the UFC. He had a great performance last his last outing. Uh, hoping to duplicate that same thing here to start off a great night of fights. Yeah, this is a 
good fight to start the, the main card of the show. Yeah, so Darren Wynn, if I'm not wrong, is the body of DC, right? Yeah, he's the little mini yeah. DC. Yeah, he's the little mini DC, and uh, he's always, you know, we always like to watch those guys who train with DC at AKA because, you know, they bring, they have some, I would say, not unorthodox way of fighting, but uh, they fight hard, I would say. Yeah, for they, sure. Yeah, they go to war they no grind. matter what. They, they're yeah, they're they for grind. sure grinders. Yeah, you give your best and you know. And There's you go no back stopping and... and taking a break. There's no pausing. There's no pause in the action. It's in your face, fucking constantly pressure, 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 pressure. Yeah, and uh, you know, when you train with guys like DC, like uh, Rockhold, El Luchador Kane, because right now he's a luchador, he's not an MMA fighter. Well, and no, now, now he's not even a luchador anymore. He's a superstar. He's a WWE superstar. Uh, he's a luchador. That, that's the Spanish word for a uh, uh, sports entertainer, I would say. But, you know, uh, this is a great fight. Catch weight at this weight class, I think it's kind of weird, I would say. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. I mean, that's Darian Wynn's fault. Obviously, he's going to give up 20% of his purse to Darian Stewart because of the situation. So, uh, we'll go on from there. Women's flyweight division, though. Macy Barber is taking on Jillian Roberts. And this one, honestly, guys, is really it's going to show us who the future of the women's flyweight division could be. Macy Barber calls herself the future, but Jillian Robertson has really staked claim to that. She has the most wins and the most finishes in the women's flyweight division. That's more than anybody. So, honestly, this is really, like I said, ESPN had a top 25, under 25 in MMA fighters, men and women. Macy was six. Jillian was 12. These two are going to put on one hell of a show. I can't wait. It's going to be fireworks. Like, they both are young. They both, you know, I think they will have a, a, a great MMA career. And, you know, as much as they, they their career look like it uh, look like the same, but uh, they're not the same because Jillian had, uh, I would say, uh, a more humble starting, I would say, in her career because, you know, she didn't make a lot of noise. She's not a trash talker, you know. She's a, a, a real she, professional. She was honestly really quiet on The Ultimate Fighter. We didn't even know she was there half the time. Yeah, but Macy Barber, that's it's uh, it's, it's very different because Macy like talk trash, talks a lot, and you know she's loud, Macy. she's in your face, she makes predictions, she's brazen. She says she's gonna beat John Jones' record. I mean, yeah, it, she's definitely calling her shots. Yeah, and uh, I would say you know I hope all the, I hope for the best with the both fighters, but uh, we will see because. It all depends. This fight depends on how Macy Barber approach the fight because if Macy thinks that it's going to be an easy night for her, it's not going to be an easy night, you know. It's definitely not. And I think that maybe Jill and I would not call it an upset, but I think that maybe Jillian can do it and win against Macy Barber. People who don't know who Jillian is will think that it's an upset, but if you see the MMA record, you see the wins. It's definitely not an upset if Jillian wins. No, Jillian's what seven and three in the UFC. I mean, she, she's fucking, she's good, can, man. She's real good. Can you look if uh, who's the underdog in this fight? I, I I can if you give me two seconds. Yeah, I'll give you two seconds, but uh, because uh, it would be interesting to see uh, how it goes, like for bookmakers and stuff like that, to say who's the the underdog for a fight like that, because it's not easy to say who's the underdog. 
Macy makes more noises, but that doesn't make her uh, a favorite for this fight, I would say. Do you agree? No, for sure. I don't think she's a favorite. Um, they'll probably have her as a favorite. Let me see. Where is it? Yeah, she's a she talk trash. And that's it. Yeah, but I'm very excited for uh, this fight because uh, it's kind of weird, you know, because people get excited for fights that usually you don't think that people get excited about. And this one so I'm really Macy excited. Macy Barber is favored. Minus yeah. 210, Jillian is the underdog, plus 170. Okay, so... It's actually pretty... I'd go put some money on Jillian's shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if, uh, if I was going to bet, I would... Yeah, I would throw some money on Jillian. No, 100%. Uh, in the lightweight division, Joe Luizon is taking on Jonathan Pierce. Joe Luizon is a veteran of the game. This is actually even... Minus 110 for both fighters when it comes to the odds. Uh, super excited, though. Joe Loizon, I mean, he's got a huge pedigree of fighters in the UFC that he's training. And then just to see that, obviously, he's still going at it with those killers. And to see that he's still continuing his UFC career is just awesome. I don't have his exact age right in front of me, but he's up there. He's at 27 victories and 15 losses. He's 35 years old. All right, so just put that in a little bit of perspective. The dude's... Had 27 professional fights. He's lost three in a row. This might be one of his last rods just because of the fact that it is in Boston. Uh, Jonathan Pierce, 9 and 3. See what uh, he yeah. has going on. I don't know a whole lot about Jonathan Pierce. I know he was on the Contender Series. Uh, other than that, I don't know a whole lot. Though. If this is going to be the last Joe Rosen fight, I really hope that he wins because he, you know, he. He gave us so so many great fights in his MMA career, and uh, his Mister Bonus, you know, how many bonuses he got for holding his wall? Yeah, a lot. Ton. I'm not sure if he had the the, the record for it, but uh, he's up there. I no, think Cowboy's got the record now. Okay, yeah, Cowboy. I'm sorry, Cowboy yeah, has sure the record, Cowboy but you know, he's number two or three, maybe, or maybe he's in the top five. I would say, but Joe, you know. So many great fights, and you know, right now we have a jujitsu school. If I'm not wrong, after we yes. were watching, yeah, his his Instagram, very active. I really like the guy because you know sometimes you like the fighters and you don't like the person, but uh, there are guys like him, like Joe. When you like the guy, you like the fighter, you like everything about it about him. So yeah, if this is going to be, even though if even if it's not one of his last fights. I really would love to see Joe wins this fight because I'm a big fan of him. No, 100%. Greg Hardy is stepping back uh, in the heavyweight division versus Ben Sassoli. Obviously, we know that Walid is going to be going for Ben in this one. Hey, you're going for Ben. <laughs> uh, can, you can you tell me more about Ben? He's from New Zealand. Uh, yeah. That's about all I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, thank you. My I didn't even know... The guy's name, and I'm not saying I really hope that he wins, but come on, at this point, like, why are you giving him this fight? He's won four in a row, if you don't count the no contest in his last fight. You know why I want to. He's got six fights in his career. You want to give him the Black Beast already? Oh, so Kron Gracie, we can give him Cobb Swanson, but Greg Hardy, we need to protect him and build him. Yeah, you know, you see listen, how it's messed listen, up. If you want to give Greg like 
somebody like an Andre Arlovsky, he's not going to get Arlovsky because Arlovsky's a teammate of his, but somebody like that, I'll be cool with that. Ben Rothwell? Yeah, no, you know, like this is uh, this is funny how the UFC uh, protects some fighters to build them up and, you know, throw other ones to, you know, to the fire fight against the Lions. Like, giving Cron, give Cron Gracie uh, a cup Swanson on his uh, six or seven MMA fights, it's okay. Yeah, and people are bitching about him. We're talking about a guy who had no martial arts experience before this, comparing him to a kid who has had nothing but martial arts experience his entire life. Oh, listen, once you signed with the UFC, Dana Watt said it. We are not here to make easy fights. We will give you the the best. And uh, Greg Hardy won by, I don't know. If it, if it was another heavyweight and he won by, I don't know, how many uh, knockouts, he would get that uh, that big fight against a guy like, I don't know, like uh, Fabrizio Verdum, even though he's suspended right now. But, you know, like... Half of the the, the heavyweight roster is on steroids. After this fight, maybe he gets that big name. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, and I I I would respect him more if he get that big name and he you know he fights well. Even if you lose, I will respect him more. But right now, I can't respect his MMA career. I would say. No, uh, I don't know about respecting his MMA career, but I definitely respect what he's doing. Transition superstar to come over from the NFL to the UFC. It's a huge thing. I know Waleed isn't quite happy with it, but it is what it is. Now, the featherweight co-main event, a budding rivalry at this point. Yair Rodriguez is going up against Jeremy Stevens for the second time in two months. What a crazy situation that happened in Mexico City. Like I said, Yair Rodriguez was fighting in front of his hood crowd for one of the very first times in like five or six years and because of a freak eye poke from Yair to Jeremy Stevens the match ended with only I think they only fought for like 30 40 seconds yeah and uh they called the fight Jeremy Stevens was unable to open his eyes after five minutes so Herb Dean had no other choice the Mexican City crowd was throwing all kinds of shit into the arena uh people were getting pelted uh, <laughs> Michael yeah. Bisbing posted a very, very funny video of what happened. It's uh, it was a mess, but uh, we got that rematch, and um, I think it will be uh, a, a war. Well, yes. maybe. And then yeah. they had the situation at the hotel, also though, where Yair confronted Jeremy Stevens, pretty much telling him that you know you're going to have to live with pussying out for the rest of your life. So now these two are going to kill each other come Saturday night, like. I don't honestly don't blink. Don't blink because these two legitimately, I don't see it going to the judges. Yeah, so Yair feels like uh, Jeremy Stevens took from him uh, that big win celebration in front of his hometown. And uh, Jeremy Stevens is uh, right now training with uh, with Tony Ferguson, if I'm not wrong, because he talks about how... Yes. How crazy Tony Ferguson is when it comes to workout and how many hours he spends a day working out. And that's good for Jeremy Stevens to train against a straight-up killer like Tony Ferguson. And he says he doesn't wear his glasses the whole time either. Yeah. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, don't believe the myth. Like, uh, But, yeah, it's good for him. I would say maybe... It would be good for Jamie Stevens to train against a guy, uh, to train with a guy like Tony, have a 
better work ethic, I would say, even though Jeremy Stevens always trained good. But yeah, the this fight you don't blink, like you said, because it's either a quick knockout or maybe a, a three-round war, I would say. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be crazy. I can't wait. Can we get a prediction? Uh, I think Yair Rodriguez is going to pull this one out. I think if he doesn't fight on emotion, if he fights on emotion, yeah. Jeremy Stevens is going to fucking go wild on him. If they get into a slugfest, Jeremy Stevens is going to win that. If it's a calculated striking battle, though, Yair Rodriguez wins that 10 times out of 10, I think. I would say we will have another eye poke, but it will not stop the fight. Like we had that knee problem. No, the, the knee problem when it came to Eddie Alvarez against uh, Dustin Poirier in the second fight, if you remember. I think that we will have sometimes uh, shit happens, and uh, I think it's going to happen too. This time. <laughs> like that's just the budding rivalry for them. Yeah. Well, the middleweight champion, the former middleweight champion, sorry, the man who dethroned Anderson Silva is trying to make a path to dethrone John Jones. And on his first step to that journey, he faces a young dominator in Dominic Reyes, arguably the future of the 205 pound division in the UFC. Him and uh, Johnny Walker, I can't wait for those two to eventually fight. I think there's going to be a belt on the line at that point in time, though. But right now, we have Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman. Honestly, I feel like Dominic Reyes is going to go out there and dominate the former 185-pound champion. I feel like Chris Weidman is going to realize that 205 pounds is, might be a little too big for him. Yeah, I think that for Weidman, definitely the, the solution, like the key for him to win will be his wrestling background. He needs to take the fight to the ground if he wants to win this fight. And I think that he's going to do that, and I think he's going to get that W. Because let's go and let's go back and see those last. Uh, let's go back and see at what point uh, Weidman's career like went downhill, and it went downhill when he fought Luke Rockhold and yeah. he lost well, after he. It really just threw a wheel kick. It went down. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. After this one, after this fight, he fought against Joel Romero, and he did well during two rounds. I would say maybe winning them both, maybe, maybe, huh? I would maybe. say maybe, yeah. But then he got knocked out. Yeah. Then he lost to Gega Musasi in a clearly. It was clear. Gega Musasi put on a clinic. And it was a great performance by him. Then he won against Kelvin by submission. Then he fought well against uh, Jacare Souza too, and got. Knock out, knocked out so I don't know what to think about those fights yes he have four yeah, I losses I feel like if Dominic Reyes hits him two times clean it's done I don't know man he didn't you know he didn't lose by knockout for, from jabs or stuff like that it was a fucking flying knee from Joe Romero you know it was a knees from from Giga Musazi and Jacare Souza you know his power even Jacare Souza is fighting at light, light heavyweight so you know, so it's not that he got he he lost two guys that should be just middleweights with the, that can move up a weight class because all of them moved up a weight class. Not Joel Romero, but we all know he can do it. No, for sure, one hundred percent. Official prediction for this one: Dominic Reyes, Chris Weidman. I would go with the a unanimous decision win 
for uh, Chris Weidman. Takedowns will be the key of victory. I think uh, we're going to get a second, nah, third round knockout, Dominic Reyes. Yeah. Huge overhand right or left. Uh, we will see, brother. Because Dominic Reyes is very dangerous, brother. No, for sure. Uh, but on the line, we have Landon Quinones waiting to knock out another interview. He is going to be going to fight in the Dominican Republic this Saturday night for Titan FC. So we're going to get him on after a quick station identification. Wally Wall, we'll be back in a minute with an outro, all right, brother? All right, bro. All right, man. You be good. As always, y'all listen to MMA Wreckage Radio. Hey, guys, this is Juan Leadfeather Puerta, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys, joining me at this time is one of my favorite guests of all time, the 145-pound future king of Titan FC, Landon Cunionis, the lone wolf. How you doing today, brother? Hungry. I could be better, but I'm good. Great. <laughs> you have a fight on Saturday in the Dominican Republic. Tell us more about your opponent. Uh, fighting some kid, Jeffrey Roy, um, 5-0, and you know. Five and zero in Dominican Republic, you know that's that says enough right there. Um, I don't care. I I watch his fights. I watch his grappling. I watch his striking. I'm not impressed. But either way, I'm not taking him lightly. You know, Calvin Glover I thought was trash, so I had to fuck him up real quick. But with this guy, like regardless of what his skill set is and then whatever, he's decently athletic. You know what I mean? He he looks decently strong. I know with Titan FC going to Dominican Republic, for them, this is like the UFC coming to town, and it's a big thing. You know, I know this fight's high in the card, and I don't care whether he's 5-0 and fighting cans or 5-0 and like in China or where, wherever in another damn planet. He's still 5-0, and and he's beating five dudes, so I haven't taken him lightly at all. I've trained very hard for this fight, and I'm coming to put him away. What are you going to do to ensure that you're victorious on Saturday night? Make this damn weight. <laughs> Make this damn weight. Rehydrate good and just go out there with a mindset like I'm going to work. I know I'm gonna stop him. I don't know when I'm gonna stop him. You know I don't know enough about him. I'm gonna have to feel him out. It could be first round, second round, third round. I might take him down. I might. I might just strike with him. I might. I'm gonna do whatever I want, man. Whatever. Whatever he gives me is what I'm gonna take. He's getting smoked. Now you're at one of the most premier gyms in the country. Tell us, what has it been like to just train with some of those killers that you got over there? Man, last camp I had a lot of confidence. I felt like I was doing really well. But, like, something I feel that was different about this camp is, like, which made it better is, like, I was getting beat up more than often, you know, more often than I was the other camps. I mean, I really did push myself and put myself in a lot of bad positions all the times. I tried to go with killers all the time, you know what I mean? A lot of people would have been, do, like, rounds where they're in the room, like, at those big gyms. They go with, like, two killers, and then they go with a guy that's a little lower to take a rest. Nah, man, I put myself in the shark tank every single day, every single session, every single spar, every single wrestling. I've been grappling with animals, you know what I mean? I've been sparring with beasts. Like, there's nothing There's nothing that I can see in this fight that I haven't seen before, you know what I mean? I've, you know what I mean? I've been training with Michael Johnson a lot for this fight. I've been training a lot with Sean Soriano, like, you know what I mean? The killers, you know, the guys, the guys in the room that people don't want to go with are the guys that I'm going to, you know what I mean? The people that they don't want to, people don't want to wrestle with are the people I'm trying to wrestle with, you know? So, so as everyone's I'm, gravitating away from him, you're gravitating towards him. Yeah, exactly. I'm going right to him, you know what I mean? I don't care. Anyone, anyone don't want to go with, yeah, I'm, I'm damn ready, you know what I mean? And I, and I hang just fine. I do well, but it's just like, 
it's been it's been a little harder this camp than it was last one. You know, I know, but I know like this is a big year coming up for me. I gotta win this fight, and I got big things coming for me next year. This will put me at four one and one, and I'm trying to get to the big show next year and have some some opportunities. You know. What do you have on the horizon for yourself? Shit, man, wherever wherever the money's at, man. I'd love to go fight PFL. You know, I know I'm good friends with Alex Nicholson and PFL, so I know, you know, I know him and stuff. So I know they do well over there. One FC is promising. I see guys like Ong Martin, who's a champ, who's a champion over there, at 145. I see um uh, I see all a lot of our guys fighting for Bellator. But obviously, the dream is always to be in the UFC. The UFC is the premier. When you're when you're growing up watching fight, you're not thinking, oh, I'm gonna be the Bellator world champ. No, you're thinking you're gonna be the UFC champ. You know what I mean? I'm be they, that's the premier belt. That's like the belt of all belts. You're the UFC champ. You're the best fighter in the world. You know, I've seen guys that are like not even ranked in the UFC that could beat the Bellator champ, you know? It's just it seems to be a different level once you get to that point, you know? But with all this sacrifice and all this struggle and all the things I've had to do, like, I'm going wherever the money takes me first. I'm in no rush. Wherever the money's at is where I'm at. I'm a prize fighter. No, for sure. And like I always say, if you aren't going to get that call from the UFC, why not go fight for a million bucks in PFL? Hell yeah, what you mean? You, you, you take... To get a, you know how long it takes to get a million dollars in the UFC? A long time. You fight four fights in the PFL, you're, you you have a million dollars. You fight tw- 15 fights in the UFC, you might have a million dollars, depending on where you're at. And, I mean, it, the PFL just keeps growing and growing. Uh, they have more fights tomorrow. They actually have the featherweight tournament, the semifinals uh-huh. tomorrow. So we'll see who's going to be fighting for that million dollars on New Year's Eve. Uh, your teammate is actually in a million-dollar tournament right now for Bellator. Yeah. Uh, tell me, how have you spent any time with Adam? Have you been able to train with him at all? Well, I trained with him last fight a little bit. I mean, I'm not one of his main partners. He um last fight, who did he fight last fight? He fought uh Coran, right? Pat yes. Curran. So yeah, he was Pat working Curran. with a lot of grapplers, right? I'm a southpaw, you know what I mean? I'm, and I'm not a grappler. Yeah. I'm a striking base. He was working more mainly with like grapplers and stuff, working on his distance and stuff. Makes He's sense. fighting a wrestler again, so I haven't really trained much with him for this. A small wrestler at that. So it's like I haven't really trained with him much for this fight. He was tra- He's been training a lot with Michael Johnson, but he just got back too. He took like maybe like two weeks off after um, um after his fight with Karan. So um uh, yeah, man. But but watching these guys train it motivates me because it's like it shows like this guy's right next to me about to fight for a million dollars. Like why the hell can't I? Like I'm at the same level. I train at the same place. I have the same coaching. I have the same tools. Like. I, like why not you know what i mean it really doesn't you can't sell yourself short you know like anyone i i feel like if i'm having like like israel said if i'm having fun if i'm in shape like i feel like i could be any featherweight in the world you know and i'm only 23 years old and i'm still developing so yeah the sky's the limit i mean that's it yeah. shit you're still a couple years from being 25 espn just came out with the top 25 mma athletes under 25 so yeah. I mean, in a year or two, we could be seeing the Lone Wolf's name on that list. I feel like you see that next year. I just got to win fights. This fight is good because I think I believe I'm one of the fights before the co-main event. I'm a fight before the co-main event. I think. I believe. I'm within those fights. I'm like the sixth, seventh fight. And I think there's like, what, 10 fights in the card? Do you know? Yeah, I believe there's about 10 or 11. 10 or 11. So, But I'm late in the card. Those are the fights guys like Sean Shelby, Rich Chow, like, those are the fights those guys watch. You know what I mean? They ain't watching no prelim fights. Like I'm always prelim fights, early fights. Like this this is a fight where I can go in there and make a statement and show the world who I am, you know? Yeah, I believe you're in between Muhammad Usman and then Martin Smash Brown, so for sure yeah. there's gonna be eyes. Yeah, 
regardless, I mean, it doesn't make a difference whether it's in front of one person or a million people. Don't make a difference. But I'm in this like, as an amateur, it used to be all about the passion. Oh, I've got to be the world champ. I'll do this for free. Nah, bro. The longer you're a professional, you realize that this this will suck you dry if you don't play it smart. But this is my job, and this is what I love to do. And I'm a, I'm gonna have a nice long career. I'm gonna make a lot of money. I'm gonna make shit happen. I'm gonna change my life. And yeah, I'm gonna have da- sure. I'm gonna have mad fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Hell yeah! I'm just glad that I'm allowed wrong for the ride. Just be able to enjoy this shit with you man i appreciate all the time that you've ever given us so uh, thank you for that for sure yeah anytime always i could be the world champ with the busiest schedule in the world i'll still make time for you you can't forget where you came from hell yeah for sure Uh, i know you're a big mma fan too were you able to catch uh the last fight with izzy and robert whitaker i saw the highlights but it wasn't a very long fight but from what I saw, it was just a lot of distance distance control from Israel. Because yes. Whitaker Whitaker's one of those guys, like, he's really, really wild and awkward with his technique. Like, he's throwing crosses out here. Like, he's awkward, but he's very technical. Like, he can fight. Like, there's guys that don't have the best basics in their technique and turn their punches over a certain way. And they don't look super clean. Like, if they hit pads, they don't look clean at all. They look kind of retarded. But then when they go fight, they can fucking fight, you know? And Whitaker's one of those guys. He doesn't look stupid on pads, but he... He's a little awkward, and then when he goes to fight, like he's actually really technical. Like, I always thought he was really good, and I think. And the thing is, with tall guys like Israel, they have that tall man syndrome. When dudes jam them up and make fights dirty, and get close and scrappy, that's when dudes like that seem to have issues. But the thing with Israel is, he stayed calm, composed, stayed long, moved his feet. And another thing is, he can also get away with a lot of shit pulling his head back because he's so yes. fucking tall. Like. That pullback hook, like, come on, bro. Like, who else going to land that in that division? Nobody. Nobody's going to land that except him. No, I mean, like, when you go between, like, how big he is and then, like, his wingspan, the only real comparison would be, like, a John Jones. I think John Jones would kill him, though, man. He's too big. I think for sure John Jones would murder him. I I think you would have to give Israel, like, a full year to bulk up. And then yeah. by that time, I feel like John Jones is already going to bulk himself up to heavyweight. So but even then, though, I think he's just too good at wrestling. Like his game. Is, if you're talking MMA fight, if you're talking kickboxing fight, I'd give it to Israel all day. Go fight him kickboxing. If you're oh, fighting yeah. John Jones kickboxing, I don't care how big John Jones is. Go fight because kickboxing is different. It's the grappling that's you can the big use difference. Your you know smallness against your bigger fighter in kickboxing you see it all the time in in thailand i watch it all the time on youtube and shit watching like thai fighters and you always see like the big huge guy against a really small guy and that small guy is working him yeah that's why i cut weight because honestly like if i wasn't worried about grappling i'd fight a 55 to be honest because like with striking i feel like with good movement good forward you'll never really get caught with that clean power you'll have speed advantage you'll have more energy more power yeah, I mean, if it was just stand-up, like, if I were to fight boxing, I'd probably fight at, like, 54. You know what I mean? Like, if I had to do 47, I would or something like that. But I'm saying it's, like, in stand-up, it doesn't make as much of a difference. It's that grappling strength, man. That grappling strength is a huge difference when you when you move up a weight class. For real. It really is. And John Jones is just – look at his pedigree. Are you going to really fight – like, how long has he been wrestling? He was, like, 8 years old, 10 years old, something like that. At least. Like, and then through college – yeah, then through college, high level, he went to like Iowa State or something like that. Are you, and he was a Greco like national champion or junior champion. Junior, or whatever. junior college national champion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're gonna compete with that form of wrestling against a guy who's been only kickboxing his whole life and maybe has three, four years of grappling. Very good for three, four years. But my point is like, 
there's like a whole lifetime of MMA training based your like your your whole life. Your whole base is based on MMA. And you're over here going to go fight a kickboxer. You're going to kill the kickboxer. You're going to take him down, rag him. You know, I feel like John Jones can rag him and then beat him up on the feet after he rags him. Like when everyone keeps talking about how well Izzy will do, I just keep pointing out how poorly Daniel Cormier did. And we're talking about an Olympic style wrestler, like the elite of the elite when it comes to wrestling and how horrible he looked against John Jones. How do you expect somebody with no wrestling to look okay against him? Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't know how that would work. I can't see Jones striking with him only. I feel like Jones would torture him too. I feel like he'd take him down to his I feel like Jones off. would strike with him after two rounds of pummeling him. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly, Take him down, wear on him, put your weight on him, then let him up, and then just beat his ass. I feel like that's what he would do. Sadly. I like Izzy though. I'm like, I'm a John Jones fan, but like I like Izzy, bro. Like I feel like John Jones is a bad role model. I love Izzy. I'm just a realist, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be realist. Like I feel like John Jones is a bad role model, and I like Izzy. Like I want to see Izzy win. Like to be honest, if I, if I saw him fight, I'd like to see Israel win. Not no hate against John Jones because I'm a John Jones fan, but like something about that, like their little shit talk, makes me want to see like Israel win. John he, Jones he said DVD some shit. Fans, bro. I was just about to say that he said some Fuck shit about here. like. I'm trying to face legend, not nerds, or some shit. Man, fuck you, bro. <laughs> That's like the reason I started fighting. That's like half the reason all of us start fighting. Legitimately, okay. like, if you really look at, like, some of the Dragon Ball Z fans and look at, like, throughout the landscape of MMA, there's a huge chunk of anime fans. <laughs> you know who's a good example? You know Shorty Torres? Yes. Yeah, Shorty. Shorty's a super fucking geek, bro. Like, every time I see this a picture of this guy training, he's wearing fucking Vegeta rash guards and shit, like the sand armor rash guards. I think it's dope. But you see what I'm saying? Like, these, this, the stuff inspires you. If you watch those those shows, if you think about it, like, a lot of it has very martial arts values. Yeah. Like, work hard, sleep good, make sure you're eating, you know what I mean? You have to train hard to progress, you know what I mean? Like, things like that, like... Those are the things that, like, it's like real-life shit for us, you know what I mean? For some people, they, you kind of transition that to your actual training, you know? It's pretty no, cool. Sure. I, don't know. I like it. No. Uh, how do you feel about Paulo Costa in Israel as Lasagna? Tough fight for Izzy because I feel like he can get overwhelmed by power. Not by power and the punching necessarily, but that dude is just physically imposing. The pressure. Like, yeah, I feel like that dude's made a steal. He's very physically imposing. So it's like, I think Izzy can win, but it'll it, it be different up. being walked down from Paulo Costa than he was being walked down from Robert Whitaker. Yeah, the Whitaker's a lot smaller than Costa. Yeah, just Costa's like the mass that he brings at you. Yeah, it's like, and he's, he's durable, man. You saw him when he fought Yoel. Yoel, brick shit house, and you fucking see him what he when he hit Costa. Costa just running through it. Likewise, it goes both ways, but I'm saying it's like that dude's very physically imposing. So I don't know what I would think about that fight. I, that's a fight I just have to watch because I think Izzy got is way more skilled. But sometimes in a fight, it's not always about skills. Sometimes that the physical, that physical mass coming at you, man, shit just happens. I've seen dudes that are way better than a guy, but that dude's athleticism carries them through it, and they win or they catch you or whatever, you know. So it's crazy. It'll definitely be interesting. Uh, Dominican Republic, man, how did that whole issue, did you ask to be on this card or was it something that came to you already ahead of time about? 
Well, they talked to me about it. If I beat the one, the, the Glover fight that I'd get on that card, I really wanted to do it because I. Bro, he's still serious. tapping out. Yeah, he's still tapping. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the thing is, I really wanted to get on that card because I've never actually fought outside of Florida. I've never. That's crazy, right? I never fought outside of Florida. I fought in West Palm Beach. So this I fought, is like, like your whole new like you're actually going to be in a hotel away from your own environment, completely yeah. new surroundings. You're not at trip. your grocery store. <laughs> uh huh. That's the weird part. I don't know what I'm gonna do about like. I'm pretty sure I get per diem, but I'm saying is like, I've never been to like a grocery store in another country. Like I've been to Puerto Rico, but that's still considered the U.S. You know what I'm saying? So it's like going to like a new place for me is like it's really big. That's a lot of experience. Like when you're in a big show, like you're forced to travel. That's part of your job. Like you travel. You, you might not be from somewhere. You got to go fight a hometown boy, or yeah. you got to go fight like fight another stud in canada and neither are you from canada or you, you know what i mean like in this case i'm going to fight a hometown boy you know what i mean i know i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna get a lot of hate i'm gonna have people screaming at me i might need an escort out of the arena once i knock his ass out you see what i'm saying like go in there and silence the crowd yeah i'm gonna go i say i'm gonna go in there and fucking shut them the fuck up you know i feed off that shit though man i love the energy i love the I, whether it's negative or positive i just love the energy of a fight so it's like it's weird it's nerve-wracking and like you're all like on edge before but once you're in there it's like i love the energy you know i feed off of it i like the lights you know i feel like i rise to the occasion you know hell yeah for sure i'm excited for it man it's a big thing the hotel do you see the hotel we're staying at i did that thing is awesome man lex put a bunch of sweet little pictures up i don't know how you're all gonna fit in that sauna though i need it i'm gonna be in there for a minute bro oh god yeah no but it, it looks amazing yeah, man, I'm excited. It's, it's big moves, man. I'm taking my boy Pop out there. Can't be getting in trouble. He's always trying to fight people. I can't have him get in trouble out there. <laughs> we're from Sunrise, dog. We're from Sunrise. Right. You need, a, you need a guy just to calm down the situation. Yeah, I'm going to be the guy calming down the situation. <laughs> That's usually... See, my brother's a bodyguard for, uh, like... Uh, well, he does sometimes MMA fighters and, like, athletes and shit like that, but it, it's mostly, like, celebrities and shit. Mm-hmm. But he always tells me, like, for the fighters, like, he's not there to protect, like, the fighters. He's there to protect the world from the fighter. Yeah, because the fighters, are, <laughs> fighters always have a screw loose. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that is, bro. There's so much machista. Fighters always trying to fucking put themselves over people, you know what I mean? I don't care. You wouldn't even know I'm a fighter in public, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't. I never talk about that shit. You know, I yeah, never, but then I we never, have like, this whole new generation of, you could say whatever the fuck you want to say on the internet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like how Connor started that shit, and now all these guys think they can just do whatever they want, say whatever they want. Like that doesn't mean you can talk your shit when it comes to the business. Like I'll talk all the shit I want about my opponent. He signed the contract because he thinks he can whoop my ass. I'm gonna say what the hell I want about him. But when you carry yourself in the public or you carry yourself as a person, like you're still a fucking person. You're not like your shit. You're, you know I mean, you can't walk around like your shit don't stink. Like you're still a human being. You gotta have the same values that you were raised with. You know what I mean? Not yeah. sit here and act like a damn fool because oh, it's for my image. No, like makes you look stupid. Yeah, you can't oh, be punching old people. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, triple C. Intergender champion. Because he's not I like that. You know he's him. fake, bro. He's not like that, bro. He's just trying to fucking be cringy just for for money. That's well, annoying. Uh, uh, another person that we were actually talking about off air, Colby Covington, does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, whack, whack. I can't wait for your boy coach to beat him. 
Yeah, Kush gonna beat his ass. Kush, uh, Kush is another real good athlete, though. I feel like Kush got better striking too. You know. Yes. So and a a lot of people really underestimate his striking. Yeah, his wrestling's just so good that like people like, and he gets you down. So what? He's getting you down. What is he gonna just stop getting you down and strike when he's winning? Like, what do you want him to do? <laughs> you can't stop him. So what are you gonna do? No, like it had to have been his performance against Woodley, the most dominant performance from a challenge year ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodley looked like shit though too. I wonder yeah, like how he play just again. wouldn't go off. Like he yeah. was too scared to like pull the trigger. He got that champ syndrome. He doing other shit, making rap albums and shit. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he wants to be on TMZ and shit. Yeah, yeah. Remember what got you there? Exactly. Now, uh, for you, what do you want next after this? You want to keep going? What do, do you have a contract with Titan FC? What does that look like? I believe this. I, I was on a four fight deal. This is the last fight of my deal. Um, however, Titan has taken care of me, and I love. I got a good relationship with Lex. I got a. Have real, you talked to him about an extension? Uh, I haven't talked to him about an extension because, like, my co- my coach kind of handles that. He also manages me. Okay. So cool. um, uh, so I'm kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens after this fight. I, I watched my buddy Matt Waggy fight on PFL. Yeah, I just and, uh, I seen him there yesterday. He fought that the, that British dude, that UK dude. Yeah, Brandon. And Lockoff. honestly, I watched that guy. Business wise, record wise, it might not make sense yet, but I kind of like I like that fight for me. I feel like I pieced that dude up. <laughs> I did the striker too, so I, I like that matchup. So we're going we're going to see what happens. I don't know if that's the guy I'll end up fighting, or we'll take another road, we'll take another fight in Titan, because uh, apparently Titan's going to do more events next year traveling as well they're like the ufc apex they're gonna do some events over there apparently there's a lot of good stuff going on next year so with titan so um it's just about figuring out what the next move is it's just take the time i'm not i don't rush the process you know but i do i do want to make some moves for one and one i fit i'm a finisher you know i'm an entertaining fighter and i'm developing and i'm getting better every single fight and i'm always constantly working constantly in the gym so I'm, I want my work to pay off. So don't think like I don't want to take a big step. I'm when when the time comes, I will take that big step. And I think it's it's not far off at all. But I mean Vegas. Who doesn't want to fight in Vegas too? That'd be awesome to go fight at the Apex Center over there. Right. Exactly. Just travel, man. Part of being a fighter is the experiences you get. Some fighters that are journeymen just do it for the travel and free trips and shit. You know what I mean? But I'm obviously in it, in it to win it. But. You know, as part of the experience, you got to enjoy the whole process of this career. You know, I mean, there's so much good. There's so many pros to this. You know, are you spending any time in the Dominican Republic after the fight? Come back Sunday. Come back as soon as it's done. That'd be dope. That'd be dope <laughs> to tell if I could stay like an extra day and chill on the beach and stuff. Yeah, man. I'm gonna. Eat. I'm definitely gonna eat though. I can't wait to eat. That's like the one thing when you come wait. It's like that's like all I'm thinking about. I'd be watching tasty videos. And, like, <laughs> I got problems, man. What are you most excited to eat then? Have you bro, already been checking the Dominican food out? Bro, it changes every flight. I'll have some platanos. Like, honestly, it's about eating healthy when I rehydrate. Because as I told you, when I have bad weight cuts, you can tell if I had a bad weight cut because I come into like the fight looking a little bloated and putting on extra body fat I shouldn't have and stuff. But, um, oh, afterward, bro. Ooh, let me tell you. I can't wait to get home. My girl's Peruvian. So, like, she makes a lot of really good Peruvian food. And I don't know if you have Peruvian food for uh, no, we've had this conversation. I have not yet. I've seen yep. all this stuff you posted, man. It looks amazing. Like that fish, like that ceviche yes. I had the other day. Bro, that, the piranha, bro, that shit is so good. It has like fried seafood on top. 
dude. Like, stuff like that. That's a really light meal, though, but they have, like, the thing is with Peruvian food, it's very influenced by everything. So it has, like, they have Italian kind of stuff. They have sushi. They have fried rice, like Chinese food. They have, like, Asian influence. They have a bunch of different things, and it's, like, fucking awesome. Like, they have, like, this plate. It's, like, this spinach pesto pasta is Catarinas Verdes. And, bro, that shit is the most delicious thing ever. It's super heavy, though. Like, I even, like, re, like, re, like replenishing, it has dairy in it. So I definitely wouldn't be able to have it after a weigh-in. But, bro, like, I eat that, I'm up five pounds easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. No problem. no problem. Plus water, make it ten. Make it ten. No problem. We up. Yeah, and I'll have to find a Peruvian restaurant in Vegas somewhere oh, and go check it you out. You got to, bro. Just ask me what to order, bro. I'll tell you. I won't steer you wrong, bro. I'll get you something no, that's sure. super traditional. Are you Italian? I'm not. I'm Native American. You? You're Native American? Yeah. I don't care, bro. I, I think you'll like it either way. I'm telling you what. I love Just all tell kinds me, bro. of food. Shoot me a message like, yo, I'm at this Peruvian restaurant. What do I get? Boom. I'll tell you. You'll get And you'll love it, bro. And you'll be full as hell because the plates are huge. Hell yeah. No, I've, I've had Venezuelan food uh, with a fighter one time, and that was amazing. Yeah, it looks bro. similar, but Peruvian food, I feel like, is a completely different level, and I have to try it. Yeah, you got to broaden your horizons, bro. I, I'm, do, I'm still doing it, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a super foodie when it comes to Dude, certain things. So I gotta start I. There's so much shit, though. Out, like, if you break down like Asian food, there's like 100 different cultures. Oh my god, yeah. I love <laughs> oriental food though. Asian food is like my shit. Like if yeah, I'm, me like too. whenever I replenish, like my first restaurant I go to is a, like sushi buffets. I love that. Like going to like a Shinju, or we have this place here in Coconut Creek called Santos, and it's like um Asian buffet, but like it's like pretty gourmet. Oh, it's yeah. like twenty five dollars a person. It's like it's Ooh. like mid level, you know. It ain't no Texas de Brazil, but it ain't no Golden Corral. It's like that middle, you know what I mean? It's good. It's real good, bro. Whoo, goddamn. I got, me, I got my mouth watering, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just sit there and eat all that sushi, man. I know. How are we sitting here talking about food? This man is cutting weight right now as we yeah, speak, man. ladies and gentlemen. Shit. Ugh, How's the weight cut going? Ugh, it's fucking hard, man. I got I got so heavy, though. Like, it was a problem. I was working with a nutritionist, but, like, it, like I'm going to make it, but it was just lack of discipline in certain areas. And I think it's just because I'm getting older. Like, it's getting harder as I'm getting older. Like, I know I'm still young, but I'm I'm about to turn 24 next month. You know what I mean? I'm hitting the, and I'm train I'm training more than I ever have. You know, like, my body's just growing. Like, I'm not saying I'm getting old man, man strength yet. But, I mean, I'm just getting older. And, like, every single cut, it's harder and harder and harder, you know? Like, my first cut, I was I used to walk around at, like, 153. And then I started walking around 160, then 65. Now I get now if I don't, if I'm not careful, I can get up to 75. That's why I feel like it's important for me to take four like a good four months off after this to work on conditioning and just getting my metabolism and like my body back in order. You know what I mean? You know. But 45 is for sure your home. For now, yeah, I think um, in the next three four years you'll see me move up because I'm just gonna fill out into my body more. But um, as of now, like I'm definitely staying at 45. So sure. until your body permits you otherwise, we're going to see you at featherweight 45. division. Yeah, facts. Yeah, I just now, don't want to compromise anything. Once it gets to the point where I'm having a compromise, like keeping muscle on and stuff, then I'm going to have to move up. But you know, but right now we good. We go where we at. Now, last time I talked to the featherweight champion for Titan FC, he talked about he was going to be going to PFL next season, which would mean he's vacating his Titan FC title. Uh, is that something that you would like to aspire to get one day? 
hell yeah, bro. Give me like two more fights. Let me beat this kid, beat one more guy, and I'll call for that shit. I'll call my shot. I want my fucking belt. I've been wanting that belt since I fought Naimov. If I have to fight Naimov again for it, I'll do that. You know what I mean? Whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I want to fuck these dudes up. This is my 2020 is the year of the wolf, boy. You sleep. You're the wolves. So we could possibly see the Landon Cunyonis winning his Titan FC featherweight title in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fire. That'd be amazing. That'd be the, that'd be a dream come true. That would be. Then amazing. take the next step. That's a short term goal, though. The Titan FC belt is a short term goal, but that that real that UFC belt. And that's just yeah. a chapter. Yeah, this is just a chapter, bro. It's my first world title, the first of many. You got a big story. That's it. Yeah, I got a big story. Yep, we're still writing it. We on chapter one right now. What the fuck? We on chapter one still. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, what uh, what are you looking forward to the most after you get done with this fight? Man, I just can't wait to just hang out with my girl and be a normal person. I've been in camp since like the beginning of the year. I yeah, remember I was going, training to fight not since last year. I was trained to fight Naimov, had to, got staff, had to pull out. You know, I still kept trying to do whatever I could while my staff healed. Right back into camp, fought Naimov, and lost that took, lost that split. Um, right back into camp, fought Glover. Uh, you know what I mean? Won that fight. Right back into camp. Now I'm fighting this guy, um, Jeffrey Roy. So it's it's been nonstop camps. I've been gaining and gaining and gaining, getting better and better and better. But something I do disagree with is to be in a camp all year round. Like training all year round is important, but to the intensity you have when you have a fight is something that's very hard to maintain year round without your immune system compromising or your body getting kind of beat up. You know what I mean? Like longevity is important. This is a very, very high intensity contact sport. You know what I mean? Injuries do happen. I'm young. I don't want to have long term issues to where like my career is cut short. So I am going to continue to train after this fight, but um, I'm just going to take some time to rest. You know, I'm probably going to skip out on hard knocks for a couple weeks. You know, work solely on conditioning, eat some nice food, enjoy the holidays, enjoy my birthday, and then we'll be right back in the ball. I'm still going to be training in between then. Hopefully, um, um, I got a buddy of mine, my buddy Taylor, is fighting Glory in November. I've been helping him by holding pads for him, so I'll be going up to Glory in November at the Garden. So that'd be a dope experience, you know. I'm also, you know, I'm a coach on the side, so yeah. doing that, that's good for me. Even though I'm not a full-time coach, that's like that, that. That's good for me on my resume to be able to go corner and glory kickboxing in another state at Madison Square Garden. Like to me, that's a big deal, you know. So just enjoy it. Just get to enjoy life a little bit. I feel like I'm very antisocial when I have a fight. I don't want to fuck with nobody. Like I ain't talking. To <laughs> Even my girls like I haven't talked to you in like two weeks. I'm like, you talk to me every day. It's just brief, <laughs> and it's not like I'm not very enthused with anything. Especially when I'm cutting weight. I'm a fucking asshole when I'm cutting weight. Like I'm surprised I'm even talking this much right now. <laughs> well, we're all a little bit of assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. But uh, well, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time, bro. I've already been talking to you for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you taking so much time out of your day. I know you're cutting weight. This weekend, man, I can't wait for your fight. UFC Fight Pass, you said it's on the higher end of the card, right? Yeah, so, it'll probably be on the higher end, like probably number seven or eight. I'll be a fight. Perfect, guys. So stay tuned. You're going to watch uh, the lone wolf get into action. Like he said, the year 2020 is the year of the wolf. That's it. Yep. Let me say something real quick, though. Shout out to my sponsors, El Cheapo Tires, um, Angel Sosa, who does my haircuts, uh, relax and get results from my recovery, massage therapy, cupping, etc. Hot stone massages and whatnot. 
um, Ace Pest Solutions, my buddy Santi's Pest Control Company. Also, um, uh, let's see if I'm forgetting anyone. Damn. But no, I believe that's it. That's good. That's good. Where can the fans find you on social media? At Lone Wolf, uh, double underscore 145. So that's Lone Wolf, two underscores, 145. Cool, man. I appreciate yes, you taking time out of your day, and uh, we can't wait to watch you this Saturday. Hell yeah, man. Make sure you tune in. Will do, man. I'll see you again. Hey, this is Lex McMahon, the CEO of Titan FC, and you are listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, you crazy animals. That is it for episode 45 of MMA Wreckage Radio. I'd like to thank all three of our guests, even though you only listened to two of them. I'd like to thank Julia Robertson. I wish her luck for this weekend against Macy Barber. Unfortunately, we didn't have the interview for you guys. Jared Goodman, thank you, man, for joining us. Landon Cunones, as always, brother, it was a pleasure. Wally Wall, thank you again, as always, my man. I could not do this without you. Thank you, brother. You know, you know I'm here. No, for sure. Uh, what are you excited for coming up in the next couple of fights, though? Uh, you know, we have some big fights coming up. You have the, uh, I think the close one is the Dave Mayat is then asking for the who's the best, the best actor in the MMA you know? I don't know for sure. Who are you going to pull that one out? It's crazy. I, I just hope that it doesn't go to a striking fight because it will be awful. <laughs> no, for sure. Also on that fight uh, card, Maurice Green, uh, Frank yeah. Camacho's on there, Benil Dariush, a lot of fighters on this card. Super excited to see it. Can't wait for Singapore. It's Singapore, right? Or did I just say that all wrong? Ooh, I think it's yeah, Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, man, UFC 244, Masvidal versus DS. Really like the people's champion. Not even just the BMF, the people's champion. Did you see that uh, tweet from uh, from Kamal Usman who said that a real uh, best, but like the real uh, gangster is the one that never lose, not... Uh, those two, like, who are, I don't know how many losses in their, their MMA career, but, you know. What do you think about this, uh, this tweet from uh, your man? Like, from, uh... Listen, when you got that gold strapped around your waist, you can say whatever the fuck you want. All right? Okay. When you got All the right. real welterweight title, not a belt that they had to make for you, when you are the real welterweight champion of the world, when you don't have a fake interim belt you lost 12 years ago and you're still running around with it like a 12-year-old child on Christmas... When you are the real welterweight champion of the world, Kamara Usman, you can say whatever the fuck you want. I kind of agree with you because he's the welterweight king right now. But I just want to, to say something. There's a fighter I'm really excited about that's fight, is fighting like uh, on that Diaz card is uh, Gregor Gillespie. Ooh, versus Kevin Lee, hell of a fight. Yeah, I'm really excited because I think that if he wins this fight, it will be huge for his career. And I would love to see him fight against Habib. And I would love to see him fight against Habib. Dude, I know Habib. it's too soon right now, but I really, I would really, because GSP is old right now, and he never fought at lightweight. I want that I just kind want to point of fight. How stacked this card is, real quick, okay? Yeah. Vicente Luque versus Jeremy or Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, which could headline any fight night, anyone, is the anyone. second fight on the main event. Okay, in the prelims, we have fighters like Edmund Shabazian versus Brad Tavares, the Kevin Lee versus Gilbert Calypso fight you just alluded to. In the early prelims, we it's fucking stacked. Lehman yeah. Good versus Chance for Encounter. 
Hell of a welterweight fight. Jennifer Maya versus Caitlin Kokagian, a great women's flyweight fight. And in the featherweight division, we have Julio Arce versus Hakeem Duwadu. I mean, yeah. this card is stacked from top to bottom without having like a true actual title fight. It's one hell of a card. It's crazy because, like, on Sherdog, it said that it's Derek Lewis against uh, Ivanov, but uh, the real fight, I think it's uh, Ivanov against uh, Arlovsky, right? No, Arlovsky's taking on Jiroko Rosenstruck. Why do you got to make me say his name? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, that uh, tough name to say. But, exactly. yeah, it's the Black Beast against Ivanov. Yeah, my bad. I'm wrong. No, I'm but... excited for that Black Beast versus Ivanov one. That one's going to be Of course. Any, any, any fight from the Black Be for the Black Beast, I would be excited. For. And, of course, the main event. Edmund Shabazian, though, man. That kid is the future of the middleweight division, I feel like. So many great fights, brother. Even Mahwan is fighting. I'm kind of I'm Juan Amirhani. I'm a fan of him. I like the way he fights, and so many great. This fights. weekend, man, there's some good money out there. I take that money on Julian Robertson, Macy Barber, honey. Plus 170. Let me get that cash. Also, I'm gonna be leaving here in about 15 fucking seconds to go to the PFL playoffs. Lance Palmer's fighting tonight. Cannot fucking wait. All right, brother. But uh, anyways, Wally Wall, I appreciate everything you do for us, man. This podcast is going to have a rebranding phrase here in the next week or two. Everything's yeah. going to stay the same, guys. We're going to continue to have all the guests. The format's going to stay the same. The only thing that's going to change is the name. We're going to break that name to you guys in a little bit. We already have the name up. Me and Walid have thought about it like crazy. We got it figured out. But uh, we can't wait to share it with the rest of you guys. But until then, knuckleheads, we will wait and talk to you guys on episode 46. That will be next week. But, uh, yeah, like always, stay classy. Peace.